begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It's another Friday night here, and that means one thing, one thing only. Outer Rim Transmission is coming to you live via Star Raptors YouTube channel. This is episode number 56. It's just me and Ben this week. We're going to have Milton join us for our May the 4th special next week. We'll get into all that, but for this week, we have some good stuff to talk about. It's always a good week when you have a brand new Star Wars series that's announced, and we're going to talk about the interesting way that Tales of the Jedi was announced this week. Plus, we have an update on Jedi Fallen Order, maybe a possible new Star Wars game in the works as well, and much more, all on Outer Rim Transmission. So how's it going, Ben? Good, good. It's been a been a pretty good week. I, I actually didn't play Lego this week. It was just kind of a... I just wasn't in a big video gaming mood this week. It was more of a streaming week, watching shows, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Working out, really getting back in a good fitness groove after I had a little bit of a strain last week. So, uh, you know, just getting back into things is really nice. Uh, you know, just taking it easy, but, you know, working my way back into some, some like, heavier lifting and stuff. So it was a pretty good week overall as a whole. And then, uh, of course, as I, as I say every week, watched the new Halo episode yesterday, and it was incredible, as always, like that show. That show to me, like, I, I don't know. It's so it's so crazy to say, but like the quality of that show, that's what I aspired the book of Boba Fett to be, and that's not what we got. Like this Halo is is by far, in my opinion, the best uh, show. Like between that or Book of Boba, just because it's just overall, I, I just think better action, better story, better characters, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like that show, I've really, really enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, uh, you know, to keep this in like the Star Wars realm of things, I would really like, I mean, I know you've been watching the show as well. I really think Pablo Schreiber could fit really well in some type of a Star Wars role, like some type of that combat type, you know, type of role. Like, I, I feel like he could fit in the Star Wars universe very nicely, actually. Yeah, I've also been watching and enjoying Halo, the series. And uh, like you said, Ben, I think Pablo Schreiber would work really well. Hey, if they do an Old Republic series, have him as like one of the as like a captain or a commander on on the battlefield. Like because he is yep. just and I've and I enjoy what they do on a week to week. They have uh, something called Declassified with the Halo. Each episode, they have like a 30 minute deep dive breakdown they have you know interviews with the actors they have behind the scenes on this week it was music then they have a little segment on the fans they had this guy that was really a, an awesome artist and he was talking about his inspiration and then they have like a little teaser for the next episode it's all within 30 minutes and um they showed it also with the combat training that Pablo Shriver and his three other spartan uh, teammates went through and it's literally like these guys are like firing blank weapons and and everything else like in formations and it's really impressive so i'm just sitting there like yeah they got a, a week worth of military training this this guy would translate pretty well as as one of those like you know very serious strong combatants to go up against oh yeah definitely like i feel like he could in another one um i feel like that could fit really well is the actress that plays Dr. Halsey, just because, I mean, hey, British people in Star Wars, like, <laughs> hey, you know, have her, you know, have her play, um, uh, what's her name, the female, like, Imperial Admiral, like, post-episode six. Um, oh, Ray Sloan or something? Yeah, I'm going to say, maybe have her play, like, Ray Sloan or something, because maybe she'd fall into that, like, age category by then. Um, like, I feel like she could fit well. A lot of these characters really could fit well, um, like overall, yeah, this this show I think is 
is doing good, a good job with all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have that. And then like for me, overall, uh, just to throw out there as well, like my week in Star Wars, like it just wasn't too exciting. It wasn't too eventful. Nothing, nothing too crazy. No, uh, no exciting finds at stores or anything. No, I didn't, like as I mentioned earlier, I didn't play, uh, much of any video games this week for the most part. And, uh, yeah, my Star Wars week was real simple. Like all it literally consisted of was I watched the first episode of Rebels or second episode of Rebels, oh. whichever one it was, where uh, when Vader fights Kanan and Ezra, um, I watched that earlier in the week. And it's just such a good episode because like I just love, you know, it, it's so crazy watching that show and just, you know, knowing that was produced by Disney, like how, you know, intense they make Vader you know, and that was on the Disney XD network, like it was on television. And, uh, you know, just seeing how overpowered Vader was, like, you know, Kanan and Ezra, they like crush him with like this, you know, just debris stuff or whatever. And he just throws it to the side and, you know, just goes ham on him. And, you know, you have Sabine shooting at him and like, you know, Vader deflects her blast and everything and it hits her square in the head. So like, you know, that was a kill <laughs> shot. That was a kill shot basically for what it was. And then like, even when, even when Vader was like pushing his lightsaber back um, against Ezra, like, you know, it was, he was pushing it back to like decapitate him basically. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's like, that's crazy. They like implied that much like brutality on Vader just through an animated series. Like I thought that was really um, impressive, especially considering that was early on in the Disney era when they were being very, I would say conservative. Like, I mean, force awakens is what it is, but it's a very conservative film. Like that was in the early conservative years of the Disney era so for them pushing that with an animated form of Vader, I thought was actually really um, impressive looking back on it now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, we got a couple people in the chat. We have Chris Forsyth uh, chiming in on Dr. Halsey saying the chick from Californication. I don't know. I've never watched that. We also have Dave Reese. Sounds like good things are forthcoming. Oh, they certainly are. We'll get into all that this week. Uh, as far as for me is concerned, well, if you guys have been paying attention to the channel, I've been playing Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I play a couple times a week to kind of get through each movie at a time. Been really much enjoying doing the live stream with all of you that join live, and we have chats and conversations along the way. Um, so right now, the next one I'll be playing is Empire Strikes Back, and I should be able to do that one tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I'm just cracking away at that. I, I, I have some celebration uh, costume stuff I've been working on. I don't know if I want to actually reveal who I'm working on right now, because I feel like it'd be a cool, like, little social media thing when it's all said and done. Be like, whoa, that's cool. Um, so yeah. I'll, I'll save that for now. Um, but other than that, man, it's uh, things are getting close, and that's all I really care about is, is celebration. We'll get into the panels uh, this week. We're gonna we got a big panel spread. I... I was gonna say I, I will throw out one one little thing in for my week in Star Wars. I did forgot to mention. That uh, I thought was pretty funny. I started busting up laughing when uh, me and my buddy were hanging out this week watching the NFL draft. We were talking about like, you know, if you could do like one thing uh, with with something Star Wars, like anything related like to Star Wars other than like making a movie or whatever. And like I said, one of the best things in general, I would love to get a sit down and honest watch through commentary like sitting down just hey me and george lucas in the room sitting down and watching all nine movies just to get his honest opinion about everything like i think that would be like the greatest thing 
just to hear what George really has to say about all of this. Like, um, so yeah, that was just a little random thing that came up in conversation that I think would just be a blast, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think with George, man. I just want to see more George. If he shows up at Celebration, yep. I will be very surprised because... Well, I don't even think he's anywhere near California, but who knows? I know he's got that museum opening up, so he's a character. He's definitely oh, oh yeah, very he, fun he to watch. Is. I, I think I mean there's a potential of him maybe showing up um, for celebration because you know there was all those little rumblings about maybe him, you know, checking out some of the Andor stuff and whatnot because you know he was you know he really he liked Rogue One from you know all intents and purposes what it sounded like so. You know, there's maybe a chance, and if that'd be the case, you guys at Celebration are going to have a great time. <laughs> Heck yeah. So, speaking of housekeeping, uh, Celebration's coming up. Uh, for those of you watching live, you can also download the podcast. It goes up for download every Monday morning. And if you are usually listening, you can always watch us live as well. I'm trying to input more video kind of content along the way here so it gives you guys an idea and a chance to see what the difference is but either way if you're listening if you're watching thanks for the support as always there's even more ways to support the channel now um if you're watching live we have super chats enabled super stickers enabled think of it as basically a tip jar for the channel it all goes to things like celebration for producing content that i'll be doing out there things for um things i'll hand out like stickers and pins and stuff that i already have it goes towards that so make sure you go ahead and do that uh there's also super thanks on the channel which is a little heart thing under the videos you could also hit on that and it's like whatever um none of it is necessary but if you feel like tipping that's always an option so thank you very much for everybody supporting the channel so far and looking forward to take it to greater heights in the next couple uh months and weeks and, and years hopefully um so with that being said out this week was a really, really good Star Wars comic. I'm going to talk about it real quick, and that is Star Wars Crimson Rain number four. This is that miniseries, the five-parter. We're getting down to the wire here. It's all about Kira trying to put up a big force against the Emperor Invader. Well, we know how that's going to end up, most likely. Um, in this latest issue, her team is the Knights of Ren. We see Knights of Ren in this time period that we haven't seen them before because we're used to seeing them in the sequel trilogy. But no, they were around for a very long time. And they go on a mission for Kira where she has them retrieving a key from inside Vader's castle in Mustafar. So you can imagine how that goes. It goes pretty well. They get in there, they infiltrate, you see them using the Force as the, as the Knights of Ren to like get into the secret entrance underneath and just when they think that it was easy enough to get this thing, Vader shows up and wrecks shop, kills one of them, maybe two of them. And then basically they actually get away with the key and they don't know what the key is for. And that's where the cliffhanger is because it's like, okay, we got this key. What's so important about it? Is it some Sith relic that Kira has gotten her hands on? Maybe it's going to use it against Vader and Palpatine. I don't know, but this was one of those issues. Again, Charles Soule is the writer and, most of the time at Charles Soule writes Star Wars, he pretty much knocks it out of the park, right? So, again, this is one of those issues that I would suggest if you have any interest in the Knights of Ren, you're going to want to pick this one up. This was Crimson Rain number four. I'm very much hoping to learn more about what comes next in Celebration in a couple of weeks when we have a Marvel panel, and we'll talk about the panels in a, in, a, in a little bit here. But overall, man, I think this is great because there's there's an, even a little bit, a tidbit of information where... Vader, somebody says, like, 
um, something about like your master or something. Or no, it was Ren. So Ren is just a title that is handed down to people that kill the Ren before them. You know, so that's why it's Kylo Ren. Like Kylo Ren killed the Ren before him, took his name. That's all in the Rise of Kylo Ren miniseries, which was created by Charles Soule. So it sounds to me like the the, the the Knights of Ren have been around for literally years and years and years, and we don't know how long, but I like the idea that, you know, the further that this new canon for Star Wars goes on, the more that Lucasfilm is introducing these other Force sects um, that use the power, right? So you have, right now, you have Sith, you have Jedi, you have the Knight Sisters. And now I'd kind of put the Knights of Ren in that category. I would say, okay, the Knights of Ren are basically their own little thing of Force users throughout the years. I'd like to see these guys maybe pop up in Old Republic or something. And the idea that Vader has said, or, or no, Ren has said they've been hiding out. And they said that the Empire has been too busy taking out the Remnant Jedi. Remember, this is an Empire Strikes Back, so it's already been 20 years. The Empire has been too busy hunting down the Knight Sisters and the Jedi to really even care about the Knights of Ren. And that's why they're still existing at this point, because apparently the Empire doesn't think they're really that much of a threat to them, so they're just going to kind of let them do their thing. So um, with all that being said, man, do you have any <laughs> any input on, on Knights of Ren or where your enjoyment is and, and what you felt about them in a sequel trilogy and your wants for the future of the Knights of Ren? Yeah, I mean, I liked them. Um, I, uh, you know, first shout out for everybody, you know, make sure to check out uh, Chris's review, you know, he always reviews these comics and things like, you know, the I, funny thing is you like you say all this and I actually uh, had listened to your video earlier just to like catch up on this. So uh, <laughs> you know, it was per perfect timing. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. And, and it gives um, now that we know it's not just an organization like post episode six or something um, that they could be around for however long because it's like the you know, like you said, it's like could be like a lineage type thing, like passing down over the years and years and years and years. So, you know, this could go back however far and it would be a good like little connect connected tissue um, for other projects. Maybe maybe we get it in, um, in uh, the Tales of the Jedi show that's coming out. Maybe we get something touching mm -hmm. on that. Um, you know, things like there there are plenty of opportunities for it to 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 connect. I mean, heck, who knows? Like say if we get another season of Kenobi, maybe, maybe they interact with him at some point. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you have plenty of different options to work with them to mess around in the canon and still keep things pretty cohesive. I would say like, heck, even, um, like, do we have, like, um, in terms of like the comics and things, um, I'm not sure exactly, but do we have like, has Luke interacted with them yet? Cause maybe, oh, yeah. you know, maybe, Oh, okay, I was gonna say maybe you know we have Luke interacting with them <clears throat> oh, at man. some point. Like that—that that is one of the best parts in the recent Cassaris comics, in my opinion, for the sequel trilogy is Charles Soule's run of the of the Knights of Ren comics. Say what you will, there's a little bit of ambiguity with like, hey, well, it, uh, it, I, okay, I, I was gonna just throw in there real quick. So like, okay, so my 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 question, I guess, was more geared toward was Luke first introduced to the Knights of Ren? after episode six or is yep. there opportunity for him to oh okay okay never mind i was gonna say or is there opportunity maybe for him to get introduced during the original trilogy even i i, I mean i'd have to go back and check honestly but i think mm -hmm. he met them in issue three of knights oh, of okay. ren uh rise of kylo ren it's him and laura Senteca and, and ben solo's yep. with them and they go to a high republic outpost and they're there 
and there's like a classic panel that you could probably google it's like luke is like basically saying that they wield the force like a hammer like they have no precision they don't have any kind of technique they just they don't have proper training but it was neat because in the actual this issue of crimson rain number four you actually see ren who's the leader of all them of course he's like he he explains the forces like the shadow. He calls it. They all call it the shadow, and yep. it's because they're able to. He's able to like lead them to use it at the same time, and they use the dark side of the force because he actually, Ren commands the the knights to use to channel their their anger at that part, and then they use their anger to make the 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 sea of lava part to open up the door, and it was pretty badass because then, at one point Vader's actually like. Almost like the scene out of Last Jedi where you see Kylo and Rey fighting over the saber with the Force. There's a similar thing that's happening with Vader, like Force gripping the lightsaber, the Force gripping the key, as the Knights of Ren are Force gripping it, and then they start shooting at him. And then at that point, he lets go and they take the key, and then they they go off on their speeder bikes. Well, I you know um the more you describe them, the more I think I think there's one character. One Jedi character I think that would be perfect to interact. Actually, two. Man, we should get, you know, here, here's our pitch to uh, Star Wars, uh, if they're listening. Man, we should get a Count Dooku and young Qui-Gon meeting the Knights of Ren, like, back then. I think that would be, like, so good, like, before Phantom Menace, before Dooku left the Jedi, oh, like, man. you know, just something like that. Because, you know, Dooku, of course, goes to the dark side. Qui-Gon is always kind of skirting the rules. So, like, I think they would be a perfect uh, pair to meet up with the Knights of Ren for, you know, just whatever, whatever interaction. I think that would be a great um, story. And then, you know, you could continue to, you know, incorporate them throughout your stories. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's Crimson Rain, issue number four. So we're going to get into our main topic here. And, well, the Star Wars Celebration is happening from May 26th through the 30th, I believe. Um, so that Thursday through that Sunday, Memorial Day weekend here in the States, you can expect a hell of a lot of Star Wars news. And, well, one of the biggest stories that you'll probably hear about and maybe even see some content about, at least I hope I get to see it, hopefully we get a live stream for everybody at home, is... Here we go. We have Tales of the Jedi. And I'm going to read right from the source. This is the panel that was put up with the description. So Tales of the Jedi panel on Saturday from 2.30 p.m. 3.30 p.m. Uh, that's Pacific Coast time. Live on the celebration stage. Streamed to the Galaxy and Twin Sun stages. Introducing Tales of the Jedi animated anthology shorts. Hosted by Amy Radcliffe with special guests. Dave Filoni. So, Ben, what was your first reaction to just like, because I I'll tell you what mine was, but you you go first. <laughs> well, mine was, dang, Star Wars leaked um, a show, and I can't believe it. Like you know, we heard rumblings about this show. God, I feel like it was a month or two months ago, and you know there was nothing that really ever came out of it, and it was like okay, maybe that was just like a a uh, what do you call it like a placeholder potentially and then we actually get it written on star wars's website and i'm like holy smokes like this is you know unbelievable like i can't believe they wrote this on their own website like you know man whatever internet lucasfilm or starwars.com's media section like 
might want to proofread a little bit more before you uh, post next time. But hey, it's it's better. Uh, it's great news for us fans. Super exciting and gets us hyped because, you know, when you say animated shorts, that makes me automatically think of visions and it makes me automatically think of standalone episodes, which they could potentially, if let's say if they're not canon, who knows, they might not be since the word tales is used, you know, tales, tales could literally just be like extrapolated stories. So these could be like tall tales. So maybe we're just going to get just kind of non-canon, um, type of stories and it, and it's and you know you're dave filoni it's like okay this is gonna actually be really good okay um so i had a really cool idea and i'll talk about my reaction first as i was just surfing the internet i was at work and just like oh cool the panel this is live go 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 you know i stopped everything and, and, and just cruise and i'm looking it's like oh man lucasfilm has the craziest marketing man just when you think it can't get weirder they release a show's announcement in a little panel listing on, on the star wars celebration website and then the funny thing was like i took a screenshot i immediately put it on on twitter and it seems like not much longer after that they like shut down that website and they took it down yep. it was like well sorry but that's already gone now <laughs> like and then like around three o'clock they ended up putting it back up and then they put an actual article as you see that i posted on starwars.com but it just goes to show you like how much stuff is going to be at Star Wars Celebration. We'll go through the full list here in a few minutes. But like they feel like that comfortable to be like, eh, we're not even going to leave it up to surprise. We're going to just let fans know that they're we're going to announce something right now. I know we had the rumors a yeah. while back that they were making Tales of the Jedi. Um, and I have a whole separate video about this. But um, for the gist of it, this is going to be a recap for the most part. Um, you have what's happening with this award or... A gift. It was a gift, right? It was like a gift for the Lucasfilm employees, and somebody put it on Reddit, and it had like all the logos of like this year's Star Wars releases. Like it had Bad Batch, it had Tales of the Jedi, and people were like, "Wait, what the hell is Tales of the Jedi?" Because that used to be an old Legends comic book run. Um, so that mm -hmm. led people to speculate of like, "Oh, maybe there's actually something going on." And up until now, we didn't know if it was live action or animated. Um, but it gets me really excited that Dave Filoni's involved with this. And I think that automatically lends itself like more importance because everything that Dave Filoni has touched has created a backbone for a certain area of Star Wars, whether it be Clone Wars, whether it be Rebels, Resistance, Bad Batch. Like this guy has touched like every major animation. Okay, he hasn't touched uh, Visions, but I think that there's a good possibility. Um, that Tales of the Jedi could bring us into the Old Republic. I think there could be a... I think what would be really cool... And again, this is going to be all speculation. I think you guys probably realize that already. So everything we're about to say is like, we don't know any insider information. We're just shooting off the cuff kind of thing. Um, shooting from the hip, whatever. Um, I would love to see like Tales of the Jedi as a Luke Skywalker framed story or something. Like... Let's say you have like Luke Skywalker's Academy and he has a young Ben Solo there. It's all animated and maybe he's like breaking up open those old Jedi text books and like each episode is basically like him recounting like and they'll have like a beginning of the episode is him with Ben and some other students and the end of the episode is like him telling them a lesson like closing the book and being like, well, what do we learn here today that yada, yada, yada. But, like, in the middle of that episode could be, like, the, the tales of Yulik Kaldromo or 
Nagasato or like all these old Republic guys. Because when I hear of Tails, I'm thinking of something that's like taken way back in time. And we've been hearing rumblings that there's like old Republic content being made, not just the video game that I play, which I love, but like actual like current like Disney stories being made. And well, the High Republic is being fleshed out very well, but what what lies before that? And I think that Tales could be giving us those stories. So I'm I'm looking at this at a literal sense of like they are looking back in time. Um, what do you think about that one, Ben? Yeah, I think it. I think we could get something. Okay, so if it's, I think it's going to be something along those lines where if, if it's not, okay, let's say whether it's the loop um, setup overarching setup or not. I think we're going to get it where it's separate tales for each episode for each era of the Jedi. Like I could, <clears throat> I could 100% see like a old Republic. Let's say there's who know. I mean, it didn't say how many episodes there are. So, you know, who knows? Let's just say, say 10 episodes. So uh, say if there's an episode for old Republic episode for higher Republic, episode for prequel trilogy episode for original trilogy, because presumably, you know, you could get something of Luke talking about Obi-Wan and Yoda from the original trilogy. You could him him talking about the prequel era, like the height of the Jedi. Then he could talk about the higher public era um, and those things. And then he could dive into the old Republic. And then that would still give you six episodes to play with. So then, uh, you know, it just comes down to what stories they tell. Um, I feel like with Tales of the Jedi, if if Luke is telling a story, I could 100% see, I, I, I just feel like no matter what, Ahsoka has to be involved in the show one way or another because it's Dave Filoni. Um, so I feel like we'll get like a tale. Who knows? We might get a tale of her arc leading up to, um, leading up to her moment, say, you know, after episode six or something like, you know, maybe we get something like that. Um, you know, so, something like that about Ahsoka. Like, I feel like we're going to get a good variety of items for for uh, these episodes because, you know, uh, I, I don't think they're going to be like, we're not going to have continuing episodes, I don't think. Unless, unless this is the only other um, thing I could think of in terms of formatting. You know, like I said, you have the loop set up, you have the potential one episode each. But let's say there's 12 episodes. I could see three arcs, one Old Republic, Higher Republic prequel trilogy. Boom, boom, boom. Three four-part episode arcs and, you know, do it like that maybe. Yeah, so we have Cardinal Peterson chiming in on the chat. He's saying uh, canon anthology shorts would be very nice, especially ones that actually have large implications on the galaxy. And I was also thinking along uh, Carnell's uh, state of mind track here of they could really spin off a lot of different things off of like one episode, right? Like they could have that yep. old Republic episode. And from that point, we have our spawn point of like, okay, here's where they planted their flag. We're going to extend stories <laughs> out from here with comics, with books, with video games, um, things like that. Um, as I was th- sitting here to talk you, with you talking, I think they could actually frame this from the sequel trilogy. Cause if they framed it from the sequel trilogy with, with Ray teaching Finn or something, and she has those old Jedi texts. Then they could go back into like, like even more time because then it could go like more with the original trilogy and stuff like that. Looking back at that that time, um, but I, I mean, what kind of worries me is that if this is only like a a short thing, like 
not short from like episode uh, duration, but like short for like experimentation. Like, I hope it's not like Forces of Destiny was with 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 that Star Wars, because they were only yeah. like two and a half minute long, and there was only like maybe ten to fifteen of them, and that was it. Like, I hope this has a longer lifespan because I think the potential for something like this could go on endlessly. Like, they could literally have, like, it's Tales of the Jedi. You know how many Jedi there actually are just from the Clone Wars itself? And then if you do the High Republic, it's like another hundred Jedi. And then they can make up their own Jedi along the way. Like, all throughout time, this series could go on forever. But what, what worries me is, like, specifically on this article I keep looking at, there's no mention of it being named a series. Just says anim- animated anthology shorts. Like, what if this is only like this fall, and there's only like six of them, and it's over? Like, I'll be so unhappy. Yeah, because I feel like it might. like I wish it was just like they there's no series, so it's like hmm, that doesn't bode well for longevity purposes, I guess. Just I look way into the way they're worded. Again, we don't know anything. I'm surprised at this point that Lucasfilm hasn't put up like an official article, at least giving us more than a sentence because that's literally all we have (laughs) yeah i think um that's that's a really good point you know series wasn't used um they didn't even say in terms of like season one or anything like that so um you know yeah i think you know the more i think about it as you were saying that like them using the word shorts that means they're each going to be one-off episodes like i don't i'll yeah i'll just I'll just scrap my entire arc arc yeah. idea for three arcs. That's completely actually thrown in the garbage chute. Um, just because you know the the, the word uh, the word shorts it would be it would be way different if this was called a series. Then we would it, we would be thinking of it in a totally different way. But them using the word shorts that means it's going to be. I I really think now that I think about it more, I think it is one hundred percent going to be just all one off episodes, like completely. Just, just like visions, basically. Um, mm-hmm. It just makes me wonder what they'll do. Because, like you said, I really hope this isn't just some gimmick. I, I, I don't want to call Forces of Destiny a gimmick, but I don't want to say I don't want this to be some gimmick for their YouTube channel. Be like, you know, ten three-minute shorts or something. Like, I want this to be at least at minimum like ten. 10 or 15 minute episodes on Disney plus. Like you have to give us something like that. Um, here's yeah. Yeah. yeah here, here, here's the thing, right? With Dave Filoni and we're looking at the previous history here and it should help paint a picture for all of us. Um, Dave Filoni has never done anything for just one season to my knowledge, right? Clone Wars, seven seasons, rebels, four seasons, Avatar resistance three. even got two seasons. Bad Batch is up to at least two seasons. I think if it was his name not attached to this, I'd be very worried about the longevity. But Dave Filoni tends to have a has have a wide scoped vision of what he's doing. And let's look over to Visions. Visions even is already probably going to get a season two from reports that we have seen. We're not you know we're not sure, but there is a panel with Visions, and I would expect that to be announced there maybe. Um, and we'll go into that in a, in a few minutes still. But I think with the way Visions is, if we can get like those 12 minutes to 22 minute long shorts for Tales of the Jedi, I'd be happy. And if they could just keep doing that every year, put out like maybe eight to 10 episodes of those a year, they could literally just keep doing this forever. Let's have an episode about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. 
in their early adventures. Let's have an episode about Ben Solo and Luke Skywalker in the earlier parts of their training. Let's have an episode about Stellan Geos and uh, all those Elzar Man and, and, and all these other characters from the High Republic all go on an adventure. Like, literally, I keep saying, like, well, I like the anthology idea because we've seen how useful it was for the Clone Wars. And with the Clone Wars, that was a very small amount of time. They were still constricted. But when you have something that's an, a broad title, it's not Book of Boba Fett. It's not The Mandalorian. It's Tales of the Jedi. That is the one of the most type of broad kind of titles you can have. To just You're not shoehorned into a certain era of time. Yeah, well, here's a question for you. Since you've read so many of the comics and books and everything, would you be happy if this is a potentially, say, ongoing show every year and they just straight at or adapt um, some of the comics that you've read, like some of the higher public comics? Could you see them adapting, boom, like an issue of it as an episode, like a 20 minute episode or something? Oh, like, man. Yeah. Like, what do you think? That the, 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 the Great Disaster or the, the, yep. the Fall of the Starlight Beacon or. Or, just or just bounce Battle around comic, comic to comic adapting comics. Oh my comics. gosh, that could be amazing. The Rise oh, of Kylo man. Ren, you just said that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's more of a Sith thing, but but uh, you know, you know, adapt some of like the Jedi focused comics, or heck, um, even though it's like literally like the book is is tall tales, adapt some of the um, stories from the Legends of Luke Skywalker book, like things like that. Like, there's so many options they could do with it. I mean, you know, we have so many of these, um, like, heck. You know, now, now here's me, like, totally editing their format, probably. But, like, why not make Tales of the Jedi, like, do it every year, but it's, like, adapt the comics and books from the years prior. So, like, adapt, like, say, season one of this show. Boom. Adapt some of the, adapt 10 issues of comics from 2021. And then yeah. next year... 2022 you know just mm -hmm. so it gives the books their times to run and then it's like boom hey guys we adapted this into an actual tv show yeah yeah so i do want to shout out we have a lot of new uh watchers out there which is awesome um thanks awesome. for everybody for chiming in uh dle i haven't seen you in here before but thanks for the comments he they are saying there are a lot of sequel era slash thr slash the new shows that could use the extra context that these shorts could bring i totally agree with that and daily is also saying but i would die for an og tales of the jedi maybe you could tell us a little bit about tales of the jedi daily because me and ben are not really caught up to speed on what that series was i i know it was uh, one of the older ones just from looking at the yeah. comic art I, I know the thumbnail here is one of the one of the comic covers i chose to put on here for our video thumbnail for this week but i and here's the thing i'm going to keep going back to this is I want to know about Dave Filoni's involvement. And because we've seen two different approaches Dave Filoni has had, right? He's so far been very much ingrained in the live action stuff. And, well, he should be because that's probably the most lucrative thing for Lucasfilm right now. And that he's like their guy to make sure everything is correct with George's vision. So that's where most eyeballs are. That's where he's going to be most involved. We look at things like Star Wars Resistance, where he kind of came up with the concept of the show and kind of handed it off to the showrunners there. Same thing with Bad Batch. She probably had a lot to do with that first episode, I'm guessing, and then kind of handed it off to the writers and the supervising directors yep. and after that. So I don't know if this is going to be that same thing. Um, and it doesn't really matter either way because usually those shows, well, those shows, I've enjoyed all of those shows. 
and I still wish we got a Star Wars Resistance Season 3, and I feel bad that that show just got cut off like that, but now that they're in the streaming part, we don't have to worry about stupid cable stuff like that getting in the way anymore. Disney Plus can just keep making seasons as long as people keep watching it, right? So, um, and another thing with Dave Filoni, um, what is the animation? I'm, I'm guessing the animation style is going to be consistent because he's the one in charge. Like anything he's been involved with hasn't had like different episodes look differently, like like Visions, for instance. So that's another thing where it, it adds credence to I think this could be a longer form of storytelling. What I mean by that is having maybe two or three years of this or something like that. And I don't know if they're I, I would really like the idea of us not knowing anything about these episodes like. For instance, like they'll they'll show an episode and it'll be like Obi Wan and Qui Gon's episode, and then the next week we have no, nothing to expect, and it's just the, the your fan favorite characters could show up at any at any week, and you're just like, oh, I get to watch another episode about this Jedi over here doing this cool thing, you know? I feel like there's so much cool like hype and potential that could be brought into this, if we're talking about doing stories with characters that we already know. Again, yeah. this could be something about all new characters, all in this old era of time only. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We'll know oh, oh, May 27th, oh. I guess. Oh, for sure. Like the thing is um, with it, you know, you bring up a good 28th. point. I, I feel like I feel like a good a good thing that, that this show could do, you know, because you have to with these type of shows, you have to introduce aspects to the shows that's going to be able to hit a wide audience and get people hooked into it and give the show a chance. And then when it gets to some episodes that maybe stay off the beaten path or off the general audience view of things, that's when you can maybe hook them because if those off the beaten path type episodes hit it, you know, then that's when you get people going, Ooh, let me look into this stuff. Let me look into this stuff, you know? And then that's when they get down the rabbit hole. So like you said, maybe, you know, keep the variety up, like give us an Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon episode, give us a, uh, young whatever like anakin and obi-wan episode. oh but yeah. then 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 dive into boom dive into a, a high republic episode and then dive into a uh you know ray and finn episode post episode nine then dive into uh whatever like you know i feel like this show um you know you can use some of the main characters that we know and love as stepping off points for introducing a lot of these things that maybe say um maybe a wider view and say say people who just have disney plus for example maybe though maybe those people will get more interested in the uh the overall wider aspect and then uh i was going to bring up a point as uh as uh, one of our chat members said you know this could bring uh more credence to say the sequels just because you know we got to remember like some of the some of the reasons like the prequels got strengthened so much was through the uh, the Clone Wars. So maybe this uh, show, if it adds a little bit more, like I think with the state of Star Wars and the way um, fans can be, like you can't dive in and just make this like a straight up like only sequel show. But what you can do is you can incorporate aspects, incorporate as I said, like highlight some episodes. Say if there's ten episodes, do three sequel related episodes, and that'll you know, that'll slowly build up the, um, I guess, lore of the sequels, but also it'll please those fans, but it'll also, you know, maybe give more context, which context is the big word I think that's needed for those movies. 
And, you know, it'll give more context to people to um, just to add more to those movies and make them more valuable than, say, where they are now um, if they are not a big fan of those movies. Yeah, DLE puts in, and I totally agree with DLE, the higher public specifically needs love and other media really badly. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten yeah. a couple things in the Tales of the Galaxy's Edge, the interactive VR experience, which I have, and I really like that. But, um, you know, we got comics, we got books. They did really good with the publishing. Uh, you know, Eclipse, whenever that comes out, will be really good for it in a video game format. But, yeah, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the place. Um, other than this grammar radio show we keep hearing about, or rodeo, whatever it's called, uh, which I fully expect to be announced, and we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes here. Uh, but, yeah, why not? Why not the higher public? And I think this is the type of show that's, that people have been asking for. What I, what I mean by that is a lot of us are tired of them going back to the old well of, of the original trilogy. We're tired of going back to the Stormtroopers, to Darth Vader, to, dare I say, going back to Han, Leia, and Luke. Some people are just like, let's explore other things. We know we've seen things 100 years in the, in the future and thousands of years in the past. And I think Lucasfilm, over the last couple of years, has been listening to the fans. And, well, the fruits of their labor will be shown off at Celebration this year. I strongly believe it. And uh, they're going to show us, like, hey, if you don't like this story this week, we got you. Next week, we're going to have a story that we think you'll probably like more just based on data or like, oh, if you don't like this, then you'll eventually like one of these other episodes because they they go to so many other places and times and characters that there's something for everybody to love. And there might be a season one or something like, I really like this episode. And I could see the people online saying, I like this one more because of this, this, and this. And I think it could be a really cool discussion point in a way that we haven't seen in a while because all of our Star Wars storytelling, besides Visions, is just so much like straightforward, like, okay, we're telling a story in a, a story in a linear way, seeing progression of characters, but at least with this, it's like okay, we get breaks between every one, hopefully, of what this is all gonna be. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree. Like you know, getting a a diversity of eras and characters, you know, that's important just to progress the franchise as a whole. Um, I also do think though. Um, I will push back a little on some of that just because I think when you're making a show, you have to really capture the wider audience. And like, as of right now, I still feel like the characters between episodes one through nine um, still are that are just that like to capture the audience, to get them into the show. It's like, I feel like they still have to be an integral, you know, part of the show. And uh, yeah, like maybe, you know, like I said, maybe I th- I think we're gonna have to have like safe safe the tales of the Jedi is, is a ten episode show. I think at least a third, at least three out of ten episodes have to be related to characters from one through nine, at least three or four, just because um, you know that's just a general audience perspective. Like for me, I'm totally fine if the show is purely old republic, higher public, uh, or even just characters say in the prequel era original trilogy era Jedi that are just lost and we don't know about them. And, you know, they never, they never interact, but uh, I'd be fine with totally new stories. It's just, my concern always comes from like, if this, Hey, like if this doesn't hit with the general audience, like the show's going to get canceled, you know, like Thanos snap his, snap at his fingers. So, um, you know, that's always my concern when it comes to them, like testing new shows. And that's a hard spot. Star Wars has put in because, you know, you get, uh, 
you have a potential of them, uh, I guess I would say canceling shows or moving things around because of this sort of stuff. Like, that's why I feel like, to me, the true test for Star Wars is, like, TV show storytelling. Like, I think this show has potential, but I think the big, true, true test of it is going to be the Acolyte because it's before all the ears that we know. Presumably, I mean, sure, Yoda's alive during that show, but I don't, I don't think we'll see him. So it just makes me, I think that's going to be the main test of what the general audience really feels um, in terms of stepping outside of, you know, our known, our known, um, I guess our comfort zone, I guess you would say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so going off of that, I feel like if they blatantly use Tales of the Jedi, which say what you will, I don't know anything about it, so I can't really say. Yeah. But I know a lot of Legends fans are very protective of a lot of things. Span <laughs> Universe fans, interchangeably Legends, whatever. Yeah. Um, I could only imagine a backlash if 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 they use the exact title. Tales of the Jedi, they don't do any Old Republic stuff. They don't do any of that because I feel like that's just like a slap to the face to the to the hardcore Legends expanded oh, they'll fans. Definitely use Old Republic. They will go oh, berserk. So I, they could have called this anything else and it would have been fine, right? You can call it anything else. But the fact that they literally called Tales of the Jedi, like, I feel like that's a confirmation in its own right to be like, yeah, we're getting, we're getting something from the Old Republic because... Uh, for what I know is that this ended up like being the foundation for like Knights of the Republic and stuff like that in, in later to come. So that's why I'm getting excited. I was like, yeah, this this is as close as we're getting to that. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Maybe. <gasps> who knows? Maybe maybe the show's kind of goes in the in the realm of how you're saying like about Luke or maybe who knows? Maybe maybe the show just opens with Yoda talking to younglings in the temple about like the old Republic era. And then the entire show is that. And then we get to the final episode and then it's Yoda closing up basically. You know, we don't see him until the very end. It's just opening, closing. Cause see, boom, like, like there's your hook. You have a known character, Yoda or Luke telling a story. And then you just cut away from it and you understand, okay, this is coming from Luke and Yoda's perspective, telling a story about these things. So I think it would almost leave people maybe engage just a sliver more because you know in the back of your mind you're like oh yoda's telling this story okay so it's legit since mm-hmm. yoda's telling the story if that makes sense yeah um dle it's my favorite legends comic ever has all the old school uh, old school sith with dila caldroma and exar kun and that gets me excited because i I've, I've known those names since i was like 12 you know i remember playing um the original star wars the clone wars video game um yep. and you're you're fly you're going to ren var and i think exar kun is like his like tomb is on it's either him or yokel dromo's tomb is there and like the sith machine operates and like you're anakin and you're like getting close to the dark side because this machine's like pulling you in. it's like that's like the old school because i was like 10 or i mean i would have been like like the early 2000s, if not the late yeah. 90s, that 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 guy was created or something like that. Um, but man, it's funny because you know I could sit here and talk about this all day, and literally all we have is a single sentence about this darn show. <laughs> and I just oh, I, can't, know. I can't imagine like the excitement that's gonna happen when when we all sit down on May 28th to this panel, and it's gonna be lit, man, because. 
they they have a structure of three big rooms in celebration they have the celebration stage which is a theater that it's like an arena that holds like seven thousand something people and then they have two satellite rooms for people that can't make it into that for this specific panel so you know they can't be hyping this thing up the way they are if they have three stages reserved for that day it's not going to be a forces of destiny thing hopefully oh yeah that's true i i guess we, i guess we did leave that de- i guess we kind of like over talked that detail when we were discussing it. that is true because if this was a port let's just say if this was forces of destiny and these are all two minute episodes and they're doing this multi-room stream and all this stuff and it's presumably online streaming as well they do all this hype and it's a two-minute Forces of Destiny show, they are going to get destroyed by the internet. So I don't think I don't think they would do that. I mean, Star Wars, hey, say what you want. I've been critical of them, but they I feel like they've gotten way more self-aware on things like this. Like, you want to hype something up. And, you know, when you say Tales of the Jedi, like, you know, every person, like, um, you know, hardcore, medium, general audience, whatever... Everyone knows the word Jedi. So when you say Tales of the Jedi, it'll perk up. Like, you know, you could go tell your parents, hey, hey, mom and dad, a new new Tales of the Jedi show is coming out. And they probably go, oh, that sounds interesting because, Mm -hmm. you know, the word Tales and Jedi are in it. And those are both easy words anybody knows. So it just makes you wonder what this could actually end up being since they are streaming into these multiple rooms and hyping it up. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just an interesting uh, just choice of a, uh, I guess I would say the way they're doing things. Yeah, and there's been reports and rumblings that there's been a lot of motion capture as of late being done. I think over in Europe, in England. Now, yeah. th- some people are saying like Anthony Daniels. Um, oh yeah, so like Chris Forsyth for for instance was saying Anthony Daniels had posted a month or two ago in a mocap suit and stated that he was shooting for an upcoming animated project. I think that had to do with the droid story that we still don't know anything about. Uh, that was announced like back in 2021, I think, at the Disney Plus Day thing or whatever the, the the shareholders meeting. But I don't know. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about the animation style. How crazy would it be, and it would be very expensive, if they modeled these episodes in the same light as the Old Republic video game trailers? What happens if they are getting people out there to England? to put on the mocap shoots recently to do like semi live action motion capture for this very series. Like, cause we've seen the very stylized clone wars. We've seen the semi animated inspired, um, visions or not visions, um, resistance. So what happens if they're, they're dipping their toes into like the blizzard esque, like super high definition kind of thing. That would be awesome. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, uh, remember we just had that trailer a few months ago, the Old Republic one. Mm -hmm. Um, That one was so good. Like, you know, give us give us high quality, like really high quality like that. Um, But for an entire show, I believe you, me and Milton, we talked about it when that came out. You're like, dang, this has so much story and emotion in it. Like this could be a series. Oh, my gosh. um, Yeah. I'm connecting the dots because what was unprecedented about the Old Republic trailer for Legacy of the Sith was that was the first trailer that ILM did in-house. They didn't go to some external oh, studio. They didn't go to some other studio like Blur Studios in the past that they did. They maybe 
we're getting our feet wet. And what, what we were looking at with that trailer is the fact that they're able to tell such a good story. We kept going about this for like an hour, I think, that night. Like we talked about yep. that freaking six minute trailer for over an hour um, because we kept saying how good the storytelling was with such a, a small amount of time. But just the visuals and the fidelity at which you're able to have the characters expressions and just the, the transitions and everything was so masterfully done that I can't help but but think now that maybe that was like their test to be like, OK, we're going to put this out for all Republic. Now we're going to do like 10 more of these things. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. And then I believe um, I saw on Star Wars' YouTube channel for their weekly show, um, as well as on some of their social media, what, Darth Malgus got added to um, Galaxy of Heroes, oh, I believe? Yeah. So, like, what's up with that? So you have that, you have that trailer a few months ago, you have this Tales of the Jedi stuff. So it's just all signs are pointing in that direction for it to be something connecting to that era, potentially. Like, you now, as we mentioned earlier, we're... We're highly speculating at this point, but a lot of the hints and um, different tidbits we're getting, it's seeming like there's a good chance they do this. Who knows? Maybe, maybe this whole thing is Old Republic, and this is their testing ground for, um, say, uh, say like the general audience people. Because I've seen a lot of Star Wars pundits over the past few years say, you know, hey. And a live-action Old Republic show would be awesome, but the issue with it is, is Lucasfilm scared because they don't know how the general audience will receive it? So maybe you start off the general audience like, hey, it's, it's like your whole like crawl before you walk and all that, all that mm. stuff. So like maybe just to get the get the get the general audience crawling a little bit, give them an animated show that's all Old Republic, see if it's really well received, and if it is. Boom! Come back next celebration and be like, "Hey guys, we have a uh, old Republic live-action show in development." Boom! Like there you go. Like, I think I think that could be a projection as well. Yeah, I mean, people have been waiting for for a CGI type scale movie of this caliber, but hey, yeah. I think people would certainly settle for a series worth of of shorts, right? I mean, that one was about six minutes. They could yep. extrapolate, maybe, you know, they fluctuate, maybe one's 10, maybe one's seven, maybe one's five. Who knows? But you know what um, would be awesome? Yeah. Just just for us fans of that specifically. Like, I, I know this is not going to happen by any stretch. Like, if it does, I, I'll I'll eat my words on it. But what if they just go and take that take that old Republic trailer we got a few months ago uh, and just continue that on in one of the episodes, like for 20 minutes, like. I, I just to see what happens next, like just for everybody, um, you know, playing into it. Like, I think I think that would be really cool. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of possibilities they could do with this whole series. I really do. It's again, just like Visions. It's nice because we don't know anything about it. So it's going to be totally new overall for us. Like we can't just predict it like, you know, going into Kenobi. We generally have an idea how things are going to go down like you know you got kenobi somehow him and vader are going to fight somehow they're going to resolve it and be back to the empire and back to tatooine at some point in the show like that's that's going to happen like that's that's not yeah. much of a spoiler um yeah so like you know this show envisions it just gives us a lot of unknown which is really cool oh man i i, I can see it now of uh, if they do something with like darth malgus let's say 
they show let, let's say like they actually have because i want to talk about like what that panel could be right it's literally an entire hour an entire hour it's not just a part of something it's literally its own dedicated hour on tales of the jedi that's a lot of time so what could happen there dave filoni comes to the stage talks about this and that all his hype for for the force and how he's been working with lucasfilm for years and years and years and then he starts showing concept and he's like we are connecting to the old republic and and, and he shows the face of Malgus, and then I just lose my mind because at that point, then it's like, then we know that the old Republic is canon, and then I'm 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 just gonna start going nuts, <laughs> and then that night or whatever the they have the Star Wars the old Republic community cantina, you know that place is gonna be lit as hell when everybody knows yeah. that the game they've been playing is officially part of the Star Wars canon, and we just get like wasted because it's like yeah i can <laughs> well, see, see that party going off like with dark that's, malgus <laughs> that's the good part about the whole thing about the potential for that like the old republic is such a good era for them to gold mine like sure don't get me wrong i just said the whole speech about ge- the general audience but the good thing is setting the general audience aside um you know the old republic has such a good fan base to it like it's already a built-in good sized fan base like you know we mentioned before when you we were talking about that game like there's there's approximately like one million little over a million 1.1 or so million users active users still on that game in total so you know that's a good backbone for a potential you know leaping off point and then you know all you have to do you know make it good enough just like mando like say mando season two we get all these characters introduced like Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and uh, Boba Fett again but we get all these characters basically introduced you know or even uh, Thrawn for example Thrawn's a really good example so Ahsoka if you just watch the Ahsoka episode just totally blind no Star Wars knowledge you basically get hey she's a Jedi she dealt with uh, stuff with probably the former Jedi in the past you know relating obviously to Anakin and then she's looking for most likely an evil guy, Thrawn. So, like, that's from a general audience point of view. Like, that's good enough to hook people into that show. So, as long as you do something like that with the older public stuff, you make it, you make it um, deep enough. Like us as an audience watching the Ahsoka episode, we're like, oh man, it's Ahsoka, it's Thrawn, it's this, it's that. But you know, it, it pays off for us. But then it pays off for the general audience. Like, if you can pay it off for both your hardcore fans and your general audience members that's where you get such a mega hit show like the mandalorian and that's where they have a a major potential with the old republic because you can hit these you know old points basically or or, uh, past points about the old republic and make everybody happy and everybody included and i think you know it's just a gold mine waiting to happen yeah there's 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 so much potential, so much potential with this show, man. And we literally haven't seen a single frame or anything about it, which is always fun when we're learning about new new types of IP that Lucasfilm is creating, especially when you have creators like Dave Filoni um, that, are, that are leading the charge on it. Um, but that's just one tiny sliver of Star Wars Celebration. That's one hour out of the four-day extravaganza. Right now, we're going to take a peek at what Lucasfilm has announced so far, because I have noticed some gaps in the time schedule for the main stage. So it looks like they're far from done with 
having everything finalized. There's no major gaming panel and other things that I've noticed. So take that with what you will, because we'll revisit this for the week before. We're going to do a Star Wars Celebration preview um, podcast, getting you guys all up to speed on how that is. Um, But for now, we're going to just look at what they have so far. So switching over, we're looking at day one, which is Thursday. And if you're looking at day one, we have three different stages. Okay, so this first one, it's at 11 o'clock. Let's let's talk, let's spend some time talking about this one, Ben, because we know this is going to be the big one here. And that's Lucasfilm's studio showcase from 11 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. This is Star Wars Celebration Returns, launching with a must-see showcase that will kick the weekend's festivities into hyperdrive. Lucasfilm's current crop of keywords, live action filmmakers, will be joined by special guests to discuss the many Star Wars adventures coming soon, including Obi-Wan Kenobi, Andor, and The Mandalorian. So there's two key things that I want to highlight here. First one being live action. So we're not going to hear a peep from Tales of the Jedi, which we just spent almost like 45 minutes talking about. We're not going to hear a word about that. We're not going to hear a word about that until three days in the convention. So there's going to be stuff to look forward to all weekend long. But and another thing is including, right? When you, when you put the word including Obi-Wan and or the Mandalorian, that means to me... Subtext is there's going to be more than just those three things we're talking about. There's going to be more than just series. There's going to be movies involved. And I strongly believe we're going to get an update on Rogue Squadron. What do you think, Ben? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when you just say uh, Obi-Wan and or um, and the Mandalorian, like that's just like basically that's just mailing it in. Like that's, that's like your easy, your easy layups basically in basketball terms. It's just your easy uncontested layups. Like, you know, you know, you'll get people interested. And then once you get them interested, cause they'll be like, Oh, maybe we'll get a Kenobi, um, Ewan talking. Maybe we'll get a Mando season three trailer. Maybe we'll get Andor trailer, you know? And then it's like, boom. Also guys, we have this surprise show for you. Blah, 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 blah. So I think, I 100% think we're going to be getting some surprises. I've been consistently saying it too. Like I, my, my thing with star Wars is I want to be surprised. Like give us a surprise show like this tales of the Jedi. I think it's great. It's a good surprise. Now we need another surprise. Like, like, you know, we don't only need one surprise. We need multiple surprises. Um, so like, I think there's, um, I guess there's a potential for the whole grammar rodeo thing. Um, to potentially pop up like it should pop up. And oh, then... I expect... Let's talk about that real quick. Grammar Radio, I expect the cast to walk out on that stage, man. I don't know about you, because that thing is supposedly filming within weeks. Within a week or two. Like, they have to have their full cast. And if it's filming in California, those people are probably already there to begin with. In that area. So what, what will it take for them to just, like, go from the trailers to, like... Anaheim for a day you know what I mean and 
John Favreau's supposedly in charge, so he's already there. He's going to talk about it. They're going to bring the cast on board. It's going to be a huge, huge thing for day one. I feel like that's going to be the big talking point, as much as Obi-Wan Kenobi, because we can't let that overshadow the fact that we're getting two episodes of a freaking Star Wars series during a Star Wars celebration. That's never happened in the history of celebration. We've never had anything like release the day of celebration that's been anticipated anything like this before. So with Grammar Radio, I fully expect them to bring the cast on. This is yep. the Stranger Things of Star Wars, the higher public. And, and we're going to bring these people on. Oh, we've been working on this scripts for three years and, you know, all the whole cool spiel. And they're not going to show us any anything to film because they haven't filmed. But I fully expect to see, like, maybe concept art of, like, the, the characters in their costumes, maybe behind the scenes, like, in the creature shops, like they've done with the Andor series. Like, oh, we've developed, like, 500 new aliens for this series. It's never been done before. You know, something crazy like that. Oh, yeah, I definitely think I, I could 100% see them coming out on stage, having a big uh, a big chat, you know, uh, giving us like a kind of look at it. Also, I could see maybe here's a here's another thing. Forget like that. Like, it'll be awesome if they all come out on stage. Maybe instead of that, what if we get a, uh, you know, say if you have, I don't know, Kathy come out and talk or like whoever the host is hosting, um, like say hey guys you know we're done with mando and kenobi and uh andor you know let's let's check out uh on location let's let's call mm-hmm. into grammar radio oh. and, you know and then you have them on set like you know oh. shooting somewhere like that type of thing because you know i feel like where do we see that for was that i think that might have been for the snyder cut they had something like that um they've had they've had different things like that over the years for different you know obviously snyder cuts warner brothers but you know you get what I'm saying? Like you've seen different things like that over the years where they, uh, you know, heck they did it for Indiana Jones for Nick, Nick Mangold. Um, I believe it was Nick Mang- or James Mangold, my bad. Um, you know, they, they shown like, uh, things from different conventions and things where the directors are and the people are on set and, you know, they're like, Oh, sorry, we can't make it because we're shooting this show or movie. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we get something like that. Just, Hey, a, uh, a, a chat from, whoever the director is, whoever the lead is, be like, hey, guys, we're out here on set shooting, blah, 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 coming in, you know, whatever year, whatever month, year, et cetera. Like, maybe something like that, um, if they're not there, maybe we'll get a, uh, like, a live look-in or a call-in from the location. Yeah, they could show us, like, oh, this is the set we're working on. It's going to have a big battle sequence here. Cool things like that. Um, Yep. So that's going to be a big one uh rogue squadron what what do you think it happened with rogue squadron you think patty jenkins might, might walk on stage and, and ensure the fans that it's still happening <laughs> i like even before um CinemaCon, um and just people uh saying weird stuff about that like so we had CinemaCon this past week and you know there was just weird stuff when it comes to that movie just because like you know it wasn't talked about like as an upcoming movie at CinemaCon. But then they added it to Disney's press release for 2023. So it's like, wait, what's going on? Like CinemaCon, you know, CinemaCon isn't for the fans. It's for the movie theaters. Like, you know, they're telling the movie theaters, hey, expect this movie to be in theaters. So it makes me wonder, you know, why would you not put it uh, to your movie theaters? But then when, you know, they send the press release out to the movie theaters and people afterwards, you know, why would you just add it in there? So that's my only, like, I guess, little concerned red flag because it's like, wait, what's going on here? 
But then again, who knows? Maybe they just pulled it because, you know, they're saving it for celebration. Like there's a, there's a really good mm-hmm. chance they just save it for celebration. Have Patty Jenkins walk out. Woo, guys. Uh, movie's coming out. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, like because as of right now, Star Wars hasn't – or not Star Wars. Um, Disney hasn't moved any movies into that, into that time slot. So, you know, it's still presumably going to be Rogue Squadron. It just makes you wonder – what's actually going on and like my only concern is i just don't want this like i i have hope this is going to happen like i think if i had to put a percentage on it i'm still in like probably 70 percent range it's going to happen but like my only concern is i don't want them to over flood us with stuff so say you have the grammar radio show you have all these other things boom show us a kenobi (laughs) thing or obviously i guess kenobi will be out by then show us Andor. show us mando Shows all these things, boom, 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 like all, you know, it's like the whole magician, like look at this stuff over here, while we slowly push Rogue Squadron to the pile of uh, like movies and things we've announced that are we're oh, just gonna let yeah. fade away, like the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Remember, there was a, there was literally an article on StarWars.com talking about the Ryan Johnson trilogy and him working on something like that, and then that slowly, I've always joked around, it's the Ryan Johnson trilogy island of you know discontinued Star Wars projects. And there's a good chance, like, like Rogue Squadron could be getting on that boat oh, and no. slowly rowing toward it. And, like, that's my concern. If Now, now mark my words here, though. I 100% say it. If Rogue Squadron isn't brought up at Celebration, it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, I, they got to come out swinging, right? We haven't had Celebration in three years. Uh, yep. We haven't had it in three years. Uh, there, there's There's got to be a reason... For it not to happen at this point, they've had that much time, or not three years. It was announced what, like a year and a half ago or something. It was a. Um, uh, it was at the uh, the Disney panel in November. The investors call. Yeah. Uh, it would have been twenty, November of twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Sounds about right. I believe. Yeah. I think um, it was November twenty twenty. Because here's the thing, like. Disney's Lucasfilm's uh, schedule. They're supposed to have Avatar come out this year, then a Star Wars movie, then Avatar again the next year, then a Star Wars movie. I think that's like it's going to alternate. Like every December, it's going to be either Avatar or Star Wars for like the next six, seven years, something crazy like that. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think it'd, it'd be cool. Um, I don't know if Taika Waititi is working on anything right now. Right, he's got he well besides Thor, but that's all done shooting, I would imagine, because it's coming out in July. So I, I think we yeah. might be able to see Taika walk on a stage, especially since he's already been involved with Star Wars as as with Mandalorian. Maybe he's there. He says a few words, then he hands the mic over to Paul, uh, Kevin Feige, and Kevin Feige walks on the stage, yeah. and it's like the first time we see him at a celebration. That'd be pretty neat. Like I just feel like it's been so long since they've had celebration, and the fact of the matter is. Lucasfilm has been so tight-lipped. They're always tight-lipped, but especially in the last like year or so, because I feel like they've just been hoarding up like all the big news bits for this four-day event. I feel like they've been hoarding them up, and if I feel like they they, they just have to give us something now. You know, we've waited this long. <laughs> well, here's the thing: you bring that up, and it got me thinking. It makes me wonder. So, say so you have the Taika Waititi movie, you have the Kevin Feige thing. Um, Fun fact, man, I would I would love side note, I would love to be part of just a, a fly on the wall. Kevin Feige and the Marvel leadership 
is going on like a couple week retreat to brainstorm the next 10 years of Marvel. Like that's pretty awesome. I just read that a little bit ago, by the way. Um, like, so it's cool that see like him having him involved with star Wars at some capacity eventually is going to be incredible just because it's like, man, that guy knows how to plan stuff. So, you know, you have Feige, you have a Taika Waititi, you have potentially Patty Jenkins. Like, my thing that I wonder is, are they potentially, because um, see, I've always said it for the longest time, like, don't get me wrong, I love Star Wars series, et cetera, like, but I've always said, like, Star Wars to me is is a movie property. Like, it's a it's an event. Um, okay. And like, you know, like, like say an Obi-Wan movie, an Obi-Wan movie would have easily made a billion dollars, I think. Um, so like, you know, it's an event. And to me, I think they're honestly saving. I If Rogue Squadron happens, but it's not 2023, save it's pushed back further, and they maybe they shuffle the deck and Taiga Waititi's movie comes first, I think there's a chance they're saving the next theatrical movie for, for something really big just because, you know, it'll be like, hey, Star Wars hasn't been out in a few years. Like, you know, it'll be almost like The Force Awakens again. Not Force Awakens again, because, you know, that's that was huge. But, you know, it'll be like Star Wars is back in theaters. Like, boom, we, we had three, four, five years off of Star Wars. Like, now let's get back into theaters again. So it makes me wonder if Rogue Squadron is a big enough pull for, um, for that potentially. Like, you know, is there a chance... They shuffle the deck and have Taiga Waititi save his movies about something. I mean, I don't even know, but like just something, something other than just say X-wing pilots and stuff. Like obviously there'll be more depth to the movie than just hey they're X-wing pilots, but um, it just makes you wonder: Are they shuffling around maybe some of the movies because they want their basically introductory movie back into things again to be a big bang like Force Awakens was? Yeah, it's an interesting thought to think about, right? And you can compare, let's say, Rogue Squadron to the Star Wars video I mean, what if they introduce this into the Old Republic? Like, boom, what if they say, hey, we're not going past Episode Nine? Boom, we're going right into the Old Republic for something. Like, I don't know, just something, but continue. Uh, well, to remark on that, first of all, uh, Chris Forsyth has some funny commentary <laughs> going on. First off, he's saying Rogue Squadron <laughs> panel is called Highway to the Danger Zone. He's saying the whole thing comes out in N64 graphics. <laughs> oh, man. But, okay, yeah, that, that, that. See, I look at the chat, then I lose my train of thought when I laugh at stuff like that. But, um, oh, man, I literally just lost Oh, you were saying thought. about, okay, so, like, we were saying how the, um, the next movie that's going to come out is going to have to be, have a big punch to it, like Force oh, Awakens. Basically. Yes, and with, with the Rogue Squadron movie... I don't think you're going to get that because we've seen what happened with the Star Wars Squadrons video game. Yeah, it's a video game versus a movie, but um, it's a little bit more niche, right? Not everybody loves the dogfighting in Star Wars. Some people rather prefer the lightsabers. Or if you get a movie like The Force Awakens, it has all of it. You know, it's got all the formula to create a billion dollar movie. And well, you know, you see a film like Solo doesn't really have any lightsabers. I mean, it has some space stuff, but you know, so we've seen the patterns in the past. We know what most people like and enjoy. But I, I mean, I, for one, of course, I'm going to be in that line the, the first showing of that day watching Rogue Squadron if it ever happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, everybody else, I, it'd be tough, you know? Whereas if you have a movie like that, we've seen that concept art. When they announced Take a Waititi's film, 
you look at that pyramid structure thing, it's very reminiscent of the cover for Dawn of the Jedi, which is literally exactly as it sounds. Like, it's the basically beginnings of the Jedi Order to a certain degree. So I would say that would draw a lot more people. Like, you just go up to the person, like, at work who's a casual fan and be like, hey, did you know that there's there's a movie where they're going to be talking about how the Sith formed and, and how this how the Jedi began like versus oh it's another movie with X-wings like I, I I feel like most people would probably want to see the Jedi one more. Oh yeah, like that's I mean I mean I'm definitely even though I'm a hardcore fan and everything I'm definitely one of those people. To me, Star Wars is like the Force, like in my opinion. So um, I think yeah, I think for a general audience perspective, like like I always use a litmus test. Like like my grandma, she's she's a Star Wars fan. She keeps up with it. She watches all the episodes when they come out every week the same day, like Wednesdays, Mando Day, like all that stuff. Um, and you even over the years, like she's always been more inclined, I feel like, to talk about the Jedi and Sith. And like even my younger cousin who's a Star Wars fan, like he talks about you know Force users more. I feel like, and I think it's just more of a draw. And you know they've already had kind of their litmus test for that, like. Rogue Squad, Rogue, um, Rogue One was a big hit, but I feel like that was also a big hit because of its implications and what it was connected to. You know, then you have Solo, who didn't, you know, say what you want, you know, all of us, you know, a lot of us here loved that movie, but, you know, say what you want about it, but it flopped at the box office. It was bad. Um, so, you know, that could be the litmus test going, oh man, do we force using type movie? especially when we're taking this time off like like i said even though it's a three or four year hey man your mic's a little bit messed up again i will uh i will transition out of this one so that's just one aspect okay so so we're on the first panel and man oh man we have a lot to talk about (laughs) this is when i first see this panel schedule (laughs) i was like going through overload i was like how am I going to do all this at once? And we're still talking about the first panel. Um, so that uh, that's just talking about the films, man. Films. Uh, Paul okay, Fi- I, think I think you're back now. I think so, I'm back. You're good. So Kevin Feige, okay. you got you got Kevin Feige, you got Rogue Squadron, you got Taika Waititi. I think you'll talk, they'll talk briefly about those three films. Probably more longer or longer about Rogue Squadron. Then we have the other things going on. Cassie Andor. It's confirmed, right? Now, at this moment, we don't have a separate Cassian Andor panel. Like I said, there's a lot of space on that schedule in the celebration stage on that Thursday and I believe that Friday. So I'm not putting it out of the question that we might also have a separate panel for Cassian Andor. Uh, but regardless of the fact, since that movie is, that show is coming out this year, I think we'll get a trailer for it. At least just a te- it's going to be a teaser trailer. They'll have that ready because they've been filming that thing for so long. We'll have Diego Luna hopefully on stage chatting about it, all that good stuff. And then we'll get into The Mandalorian and we're going to see hopefully uh, the Ahsoka stuff. I don't know because that's tough because then they have the Mando Plus panel on Saturday and that's like the headliner on Saturday. So that's the that's the hard part. It's like, well, they've never done this before with Star Wars Celebration. They've never had like the panel to introduce the convention. They haven't had anything like that. So we don't know how much of each show we're going to get. But I do want to let you guys know it's an hour and a half panel, and that is a half hour longer than every other panel. Every panel at Celebration is just about an hour tops, but this one's well over an hour. So 
it's cool to think about how they're going to divvy this up to make it paste good enough where people stay excited the whole time through, right? This isn't just a Disney D23 panel where it's like, hey, there's 10 minutes of Star Wars that were tacked in in the middle somewhere. This is all Star Wars live action. Well, see, that's that's the interesting thing about the whole um, the whole setup. You know, it's all Star Wars live action. And then, you know, you have a potential uh, of the multiple trailers, of course. You have the potential of all the different new shows. Uh, like, you know, Ahsoka, I think, is filming right now. So, like, maybe maybe we get an update on that. Maybe we don't, like, get a... Like, if we do, it'll, I feel like it'll be very brief. Um, or maybe it's just, like, a, a poster shot of Rosario and, you know, her standing in the woods or something. Here's, here's, here's what I want real quick at the interject, Ben. When they yep. start talking about Ahsoka... I want the lights to turn. I want the light, like the lights, to turn off. Or you don't even need to turn off lights. That'd be a bad idea. They're not going to show anything on the screen. Instead, they're gonna, have, they're gonna have a figure walking out in a crisp white uniform, with those gold pauldrons, yep. and that blue skin and those red eyes. And we're gonna get our confirmation of Grand Admiral Thrawn in full costume and in full character. We're gonna have whoever's playing him walk up to the mic. And say a few lines with Thrawn, and it's gonna blow the freaking roof off the place. Cause they've done that before with Rogue One and Director Krennic. Yep. They've had him come out in full costume, full character, and walk through the audience with Death Troopers, and it was like the coolest thing ever. I remember well, look, watching it on the live stream. I mean, look, they did it with Palpatine. Um, Ian McDermott came out on su- stage surprisingly, and you know that just <laughs> blew everyone out of the water. So like, you know. That was wild. So, like, give us give us Thrawn. Like, we had all these rumors and rumblings and different things about Thrawn and, you know, he is and who he isn't and, you know, all these different things back and forth about Thrawn, especially lately. And it just makes you wonder, are all of these things rumbling around just because, you know, maybe they're going to give us the Thrawn, hey, this is who he is at Celebration. Like, give like don't be secretive like we know he's coming in the show so why not just show it like get yeah. like give us give us the actor at least give us the name give yeah. us the name of exactly who it is yeah. so we can just yeah. kind of picture it like I that's think all we got cuz look at it up to this point right we had all like almost the whole cast is basically um announced unofficially like we know who's playing Sabine we know who's playing Ezra yep. we had an idea up until a while ago who was playing Thrawn but it doesn't seem like that might be happening anymore so, yep. like, why they just show pictures of the cast on the big screen? And for Ezra, we have him. And we have this character. And we have this character. Because they didn't do that for The Mandalorian. But they also, for season two, we knew, like, everybody. But they also didn't have a celebration that year to do anything. But, hey, this is your year to step out in front of it. So, yeah, we're going to see Ahsoka. We're going to see Mandalorian stuff, of course. But I don't know how much they're going to hold for the actual panel. So, I have, I have no idea where that's going to go. Well, the... The Mando stuff is just weird because it makes you wonder, like, you know, initially it was supposed to come out this year. And it makes me wonder, is it going to be, like, maybe technically this year, but it's going to be, like, December 31st at, like, midnight or something for New Year's Eve? Like, you know, something like that. Because, you know, if you just add things up, the numbers don't add up unless, um, you know, because you have Kenobi going on for six weeks. Let's just say six weeks in total. Um, I guess technically five, but whatever. Uh, so like five, six weeks for Kenobi, 12 weeks for Andor, um, because I don't think they're going to double up the Andor premiere just because they're only, I feel like they're only doing this for Kenobi because celebrations right here. Um, so Andor is three solid months. 
And then Mando is, you know, eight episodes. So it's just like, where does Mando fall? And then, you know, a while back, you have John Carlos Esposito saying some weird stuff that Mando's maybe this summer. But I think, you know, he I think he just meant a trailer's coming this summer. So it just makes you wonder, like, you know, say if a trailer drops over the summer, saying, say after, actually, yeah, say after Kenobi ends, boom, we get a trailer at the end of June, middle of June, end of June. It's so like maybe, maybe we get a Mando trailer in June or July, and then it just—it's a question of like where it would fall. What maybe January, February? Like, yeah. Well, we got Aaron Daly chiming <clears throat> in on the chat. She's saying they wrapped up filming for Mando <clears throat> season three, so we might get a teaser, and that's very much. They yeah. could do that. They showed us Mandalorian season one footage, like 10 minutes of raw footage back at Celebration in Chicago 2019 before it came out. So. I know we're going to get footage of Mandalorian season three, whether or not they'll show the mass public or they'll just keep it in the house like they did for us. I'll be sure to break it down for you guys on the, <laughs> on the podcast that I come back on or whatever like that. But uh, that, that, that's the interesting thing here. So who knows sky's limit. And, and the final thing we'll talk about for this panel, at least is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, what will they do? I mean, they got. I mean, we know Ewan McGregor's there. He's confirmed he's going to be doing signings all weekend. He's never been to a Star Wars celebration, so I can't wait to see this guy's reaction when everybody gives him a standing ovation when he walks on that stage. Because I can't imagine the power of that crowd when that guy walks on the stage, and if he's with Hayden Christensen as well. Like, I'm gonna have a freaking. I'm not gonna have much of a voice come the end of Thursday. I'm gonna already have no voice by the end of Thursday, man. I'll tell you that right now. I'll be coming back on the podcast the following week and like I still can't talk. But I think I, that's the hard part too because there is no official Obi Wan Kenobi panel. As crazy as that might sound, the panel list right now does not have an Obi Wan Kenobi screening or an actual panel. Um, I really think that'll be easily remedied by like that night they'll have like at an arena off-site like everybody come to this arena and let's watch it together or something and they have them come out after the episode and they'll have like a off-site thing i feel like that is the best thing to do but at least for this little short snippet they'll probably like just talk oh tonight you guys will be able to watch this because when they go on there on thursday it comes out friday night so they'll they, they, they can't talk too much yeah. about it because like you guys are going to be watching like two episodes literally an hours from now so <laughs> Yeah, see, that's the weird part about the whole thing is, like, the lack of Kenobi panel. Because you'd think they'd be headlining the celebration with it um, just because it's such a big, big show. So it just makes you wonder what they have planned for it. Like I said, maybe they just do guest uh, surprise surprise guests. Like, we know Ewan's there, so maybe Hayden shows up. Maybe uh, whoever shows up. Uh, maybe some of the Sith Inquisitors show up. And I feel like the way... See, I mean, this is too too much of an ask, I think, for Star Wars. Because, like, you know, sometimes Star Wars just, just can take themselves a little too seriously, in my opinion. Like, I think, I really think what they should do is, if they have a Kenobi panel, they should come out and crack a joke about the look of the Sith Inquisitor. Just ah. to get, just just to lighten the mood on, on it. Because I think, I really think it, just from, like, a PR standpoint, if you, if you're, if you're Lucasfilm, come out, crack a joke. Like, I don't know, just say some, something. And and that'll kind of, I think, lighten just in general, even for the internet. Everybody's tone on it because they'll be like, oh, okay, even Lucasfilm is in on it. Like, we, we get it. No. No. And it would lighten them on it. But it, it'll never happen. It'll it'll never happen. But, 
but I th- I just think that would like just do something like that lighten the lighten the mood of it. But uh, but yeah, if they do a surprise panel like that, like I, I just feel like they have to do a surprise panel. It's Star Wars celebration. Like what what do you you know? It's gotta happen. I think. It's like come on, like Rupert Friend comes on. He arrives on the stage. He comes to the stage yep. in full Inquisitor gear, and he says. Make fun of my head now. I'm in front of you yep. in reality, not behind a computer screen. <laughs> I'm like, yep. or some, some joke like that. It's like, yeah, make fun of me now. You know, like, yeah. people are like, oh, just, it looks just some awesome. Joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just some, just get, make it some corny joke, some funny thing, and just, you know, have, I don't know, have Ewan crack a joke about, uh, you know, uh, or even Hayden, like Hayden, have Hayden, um, kind of reflect kind of say the grievous line of i thought you're taller than you know uh or when he, when he says i thought you know i thought your head was a little slimmer than it is now inquisitor like you know just something like just 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 make it light but i mean star wars i you know they would never do that in my opinion but if i was a pr person on star wars i would be pounding the table saying we have to do this because then it'll it, i i really think it <laughs> You know, self-humor. Self-humor helps a lot of things. Like, you know, people have seen it just overall. Like, if you look at culture, like, self-humor, when people just poke fun at themselves, that's when everybody lightens up. They're like, okay, this guy isn't too serious. You're like, this girl isn't too serious. Like, if Star Wars would just do that, like you said, have Rupert Friend come out, come out, crack a joke about his head. <laughs> and, you know, or, or like have him come out and go, okay, guys, let's get all the laughs about my head out of the way right here, right now, in front of the world, and then move on. Like... <laughs> You know, and just just something like that. I think it'd be so much fun. Uh, I, I that's like a less than like the chances <laughs> of that happening are like the, we have a better chance of them uh, reshooting the original trilogy than that happening. But uh, I, I really don't think that would ever happen. But if it would, this would be the perfect time to do it with all the buzz, like because <laughs> the, these type of panels. You know, they bring so much, like, fun, I think, to the fans. Like, look, one of the biggest panels, in my opinion, that I remember was the Mark, like, Mark Hamill's panels have been oh, yeah. fire every year. Like, his panels, it's because I think that's why fans connect with him so much is, like, his personality and stuff. Like, just just do that for the Kenobi show. Bring out all these people and just, just let him talk. Like, have a good time with it. Like, you know, you don't got to be so buttoned up. Like, just just have a good time. That's the thing, right? Is is it'll be it'll be nice for Star Wars to not be as serious all the time. Like, hey, you know, we're yeah. gonna come out here and joke a little bit. Like, we're having a good time. Like, we've been away. The stupid pandemic has gotten in our way. Like, for two years now, we should have had this thing. Let let's go yeah. all out. Let's 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 have a good time. You know. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, like that's that's one of the best things I think. You know, like you said, the pandemic, uh, you know, it was, yeah, there's so many bad things with it and whatnot. Like, so many things were canceled. There were so many um, ups and downs with it. I mean, like, heck, even in, um, like, the NFL world. So, last year was the first time the NFL draft was back, of course, in person because of the pandemic, you know, a couple of years ago. So, like, you know, normally fans are always booing the commissioner when he comes out on stage because everybody hates the commissioner in the NFL, et cetera. But then, you know, he lightens the mood by, uh, you know, he like basically says, hey, before the picks, you know, let's crank up Sweet Caroline. And the whole audience, you know, everybody loves it. And everybody's hand in hand singing Sweet Caroline before the NFL draft starts on live TV. 
and you know, it was such a good time. And the fans had an amazing time with that because the commissioner, who's normally always buttoned up, always stone cold and business like, you know, he's like, hey, turn it up. Let's let's rock it out for a minute. So, like, you know, if we could just get some of that with Star Wars, like, hey, just lighten up the mood a little like this is our first time back from a pandemic. Let's just have a good time with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I, I just to wrap up the first panel that we also talked about for about 30 minutes now. <laughs> but I feel like. This panel is going to be the big one. You know, we talk about Tales of the Jedi for 45 minutes, but we're going to get like a lot of information in an hour and a half. That's going to also bleed into the rest of the convention. But I just, again, circling back, I like the fact that they are actually doing like a, a cap, uh, like a capture all like preview panel. Like, hey, this is what you can expect for the rest of the weekend. Here's some teases. Go to those panels. You'll see more. I like how they're just hitting us with the big news right off the bat. This is Star Wars Celebration. We're back. It's been three years. We have a lot to announce this weekend. Here's just a quick little snippet. And then, and then we're off to the festivities after that one. Um, so moving on. We're moving on through the list here. At 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, we have Attack of the Chords, the music of Episode 2 with David Collins. So David W. Collins, awesome guy. I actually ran into him at one of the 501st bash. Um, he actually recognized me. This is the guy that, like does a lot of the Star Wars sound and everything. Yep. He recognized me and he was like, I was in my Luke Skywalker, A New Hope, like gold jacket, blaster, like Luke before he gets trained by Yoda, right? He's just that yep. naive kid that thinks he can use a lightsaber, all that kind of things in his comics. He's like, hey, you reviewed Star Wars Resistance, don't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, you're Star Raptor. I was like, yeah, that's me. It's like, it was so weird. Like here I was the one that was like, I'm going to introduce myself to him, and he already did the work for me. So I was like, okay, that was a really weird moment. But anyway, so he's like the master of the Star Wars music. This guy, he has a podcast where he breaks down like the mind, like the, all the little details of all the Star Wars music, and he does it in a really um, easy-to-digest way for the people that aren't like specifically musically inclined. I have not been to one of these panels yet, um, and unfortunately... I probably won't be there again because at the same time, and this is why I need to clone myself because there's going to be too much to do. Uh, we have the Lucasfilm publishing stories from a galaxy far, far away. It's from one o'clock to two o'clock um, twin sun stage. They're going to have Disney Lucasfilm press. They're going to have Delray dark horse, all these different, you know, me, I'm, the, I'm the Canon guy. That's why I started the channel. I do a lot of that stuff on here. So you better believe I'm going to try my best to get into that panel. Um, we also have Ian McDermott, an audience with the Emperor, um, from 1.30 to 2.30. Again, this is on Thursday. This is what's really cool about Celebration, is they have a lot of these panels. You mentioned it, Ben, about, about Mark Hamill having a panel. Unfortunately, he did put out on Twitter he's not going to make it this year, which is really yeah. a shame because he, he's also a highlight for a lot of people. But I do like these panels where they're not announcing anything. They're just having a chat with one of the actors and the actors are interacting with the fans. They're asking, answering questions. They're doing like, they're reciting lines from the movies. Oh, I and think, it's always so I much think, fun. I think one of the best solo panels, um, I mean, he's done a few of them over the years now is Warwick Davis. Um, like he's always been really good with his panels cause he's funny as can be. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really likable of course. Cause you know, it's, it's wicked. Like, you know, what's not to like about him. So, uh, you know, he's always been one of the highlights for me as well, because 
he just has a really good like hosting personality. Like he's real funny. Um, you know, and his different, like he's had a, you know, he had a solo talk before, like those are really good. Like, you know, he's, um, he's another really good one. And I feel like for the most part, in my opinion, most of the star Wars actors, they could easily host their own, like say just solo panel, just talking to the fans because they're all, um, you know, they're all for the most part, really interesting. And like, to me, the good thing is with these, uh, with these different panels, I think that like just gives me hope about them is so you have like, say, uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, like, of course, Ewan's there. Let's say let's presume, say, Hayden ends up coming. You know, I love I and mean, we saw we saw it for the last celebration, the fan reaction when Hayden and Ewan and all them like or like when Hayden came out, you know, it's great seeing how excited the fans got over seeing Hayden. And, like, that's got to be so nice for him. Like, just on a psyche level, like, man, it's so nice these fans are actually embracing me now. So, like, it's great, you know, because these celebrations give the chance, of course, the, the fans get to interact with the actors. But the actors like, man, we, you know, I'm actually seeing, like, my work pay off. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with, with work, Davis. We're going to start there because um, Chris brings up in the chat a very good point. We haven't gotten an actual announcement about Warwick David being at Star Wars Celebration somehow. So it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's you're right. That's crazy. Like what the heck? Because at Star Wars Chicago, he was like the main host. He was going around. He was being awesome. So I, I was like, huh, that is very weird. Because he'd be doing all the big panels. I remember seeing him. He even has like a tiny desk. He's got the Segway that yeah. Chris is talking <laughs> about rolling around the stage. He has great energy. He is he works the crowd in between the guests, like in between the big panels. He's always like hyping people up. Like we were in that arena. I'll never forget this. We were like in that arena in Chicago and, and he was like playing games with the crowd, like like throwing stuff out in the audience. I think it was with him. And then the DJ was playing music and we were like partying basically in the audience. They they started playing like the weird Al Yankovic song of like the yeah. original uh phantom menace song and it was just like <laughs> my vibe is american pie but like the star wars version of that or whatever mm-hmm. and it was just like a party he was thrown in that place so yeah i, I i'll be sad too if he doesn't show up but um yeah those those oh, panels yeah. those panels are, are a lot of fun with these with these so, actors so so now nowhere in the article though it doesn't mention who's the host or the main host at all uh, they have a couple stage shows like David W. Collins, a- Amy Ratcliffe. Maybe they're just holding yeah. out. Maybe they're just holding out because there hasn't been like a huge, huge person doing any of the stages yet. Uh, moving mm-hmm. on, though, we do have some Star Wars collectibles on Thursday. This one I'm looking forward to. Um, the High Republic for Light and Life. I mean, we have every author there. Uh, we have the High Republic show. Christina Ariel is going to be there. We're gonna get some phase two quest of the Jedi reveals. So oh yeah, I'm I'm very much looking to that. And this is where it rolls into Friday, May 27th. And this is where I see the first gap. So every every um day at eleven o'clock AM, they're gonna have the big panel. And that's what you have to do, like the panel lotteries. They have a whole panel lottery system. But the first panel that opens up on Friday that they have listed is it starts at twelve thirty. So that leads me to believe that there's a big one that they haven't announced yet. And if I were to take a guess, it'd probably be a gaming one. Um Maybe talk about the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order and like the six or seven games that are currently in development at Lucasfilm because they could easily do an entire panel just on like 
having 10 minutes talking about each game that's been in development because we haven't heard a lot about any of them at this point. But I'm also going to try to go to this one, Ben, because this one is called The Summer of Lego Star Wars. And if you guys have been watching hey, this show over the last three weeks, I've been obsessed with Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And in this very um, thing, they say, join the Lego group in Lucasfilm as we celebrate the summer of Lego Star Wars. Panelists from across consumer products, games, and animation will highlight all the ways fans can enjoy and interact with Star Wars from the unique Lego lens. Dive into the expansive galaxy within the newly released Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga video game. Discover brand new construction sets that are sure to keep you busy this year and learn about even more ways to get your Lego Star Wars fix this summer. Uh, So... We all love those Lego Star Wars animation things they've been doing on Disney Plus, right? We got the Halloween one, which is really cool with like the Star Wars What If with Star Wars Kylo Ren. Uh, but we also got way back when the holiday special. So can't put that out of the way either. So they're going to probably show us maybe some new Lego special, some awesome new Lego kits that I love to look at that I never buy because I don't have space in this place for it. Yep. And maybe, just maybe... They'll give us, maybe, they haven't announced this, there's no rumblings, but maybe they'll talk about, hey, there's new levels to play in LEGO Skywalker Saga. I know it's called the Skywalker Saga, but you know they probably want to capitalize on the Mandalorian. Why not throw a couple planets from the Mandalorian in there? You know what I mean? Just throw a couple planets, maybe let you play through Season 1 or something like that. I I don't know. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think think that'll be an interesting one. Like you said, who knows, maybe we get a... uh some type of a new Lego special. Hey, since they've had a holiday, a Halloween one, and then since it's under the Disney umbrella, it makes me think, um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you remember years ago, they had a Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special. It was a, it was an old cartoon on Disney uh, XD, I believe. They had a Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special. And, you know, Phineas and Ferb, the, for anybody that's seen the show, the gist of the show is, like, you know, it's, it's a pair of brothers, and, like, they always... You know, the show always starts out like, hey, Ferb, what should we do today? Because, like, basically that show is these two kids, like, on a summer vacation. Because, you know, the, the literally this, the theme song literally says, like, there's 104 days of summer vacation, blah, 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 blah. So it makes you wonder, could we get, like, a Star Wars Lego summer special? Like, some type of, I don't know, the Lego characters going to nice planets. Like, maybe, um, you know, go, maybe something like that. Maybe... Maybe like a Star Wars summer vacation, like what the Empire does during the summertime or something like, you know, they leave the Death Star, like, you know, just something like that to lean into because they've done they've done Christmas. They've done Halloween. You know what? Now it's time for a summer special, like summer vacation. And here we go. Like, I feel like Lucasfilm is just backloading this year with like so much Star Wars content that we didn't even realize that we were going to get that we might get. Right. So. Can you yeah. imagine they got to fit that in somewhere on the schedule where there's nothing coming out between first Andor day of summer, first day of summer, Obi-Wan. Okay. June right. 21st, maybe. Hey, hey let's do All that. Right. Like, like I just, I just think there's so many opportunities, creative opportunities for star Wars like that. Like, like it's such a big sandbox to play. And it's like, just, just be creative with it. Have fun. Yep. Going back to Friday, we have Lucasfilm publishing behind the page. So this is on the twin sun stage at 1230. This has to do with all those really cool nonfiction novelty behind the scenes books that you would get from something like DK Insight Editions, Abrams. I have a lot of those books. I, I really do enjoy just like getting the behind the scenes look and, and different things. Now, this is the other big panel that's happening on Friday, and it's also being streamed on another stage. So, you know, this is a biggie. 
And that is the Star Wars Attack of the Clones 20th Anniversary Celebration Panel. It's been confirmed. We're getting it. We don't know who's actually on the panel. There is a big description that doesn't even acknowledge who's going to be there. But they do say that it is a uh, can't-miss commemoration of the 2002 epic. I think what people have been praying for is for <laughs> Natalie Portman to show up for this panel. I know it's a lot to ask for. I know it's a lot to ask for because <laughs> I don't know if she parted ways the best or, or even cares about Star Wars Yeah, anymore. she she would be perfect. Like, as soon as you said that, literally, the first thought, before you even said Natalie Portman, I thought, oh my gosh, if they get Natalie Portman out there, the audience is going to go crazy. I mean, she's in the good graces with Disney right now. I mean, she's going to be the front yeah. center image of Thor coming out in July. So, I mean, maybe they work something out. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, how great would that be? To have, I don't know, have, I mean, God, get the audience really going. Have, have George walk out. Have, have Ewan walk out. And then, oh my gosh, Hayden, if I get to see George Hayden. Lucas with my own eyes, then, my head then, might and explode. Then, <laughs> and then Hayden, and then Hayden, and then you know, them be like, oh, we have one more special guest, and Natalie Portman comes walking out. Like, oh man. Also, with this being an Attack of the Clones thing. I 100%. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's confirmed or not, but I really think Tamara Morrison's going to be there then. Oh, that is a really good, really good thought. I mean, he's the reason that movie works. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, his character. Mm-hmm. I mean, his fit. His face. Like, yeah, yeah. There's. There's. Okay. So let me rewind back to 2019. We had a Phantom Menace panel. That was the 20th anniversary at Chicago. Yeah. I hope they looked at that panel and they made some adjustments because there were many of us that were kind of just like, that was a thing. It happened. Then we don't talk about it because <laughs> yeah. it was very uneventful. We expected to be excited more. All that was on that panel, the first half, half of it. And I don't want to throw any shade, but it was just like some of the technical artists and, and, and the people that, I haven't really even known existed not to shade them at all. This is not for me yeah. to tell, like, but I didn't know who these people were. They weren't significant to me. And it kind you of rambled on high profile people to be there at an anniversary panel. Yeah. It was kind of, and, and they, they started announcing people. It was like, Ewan McGregor. It was like Ian McDermott. It was Anthony Daniels, I think. And I think it was, um, uh, and this was a cool moment. It was uh, Ahmed Best who plays Jar Jar Binks. And, you know, oh, yeah. he had been going through some stuff recently at that time. Uh, that was he, a great moment. And and it was like a standing ovation. And it, it was it was awesome. But, you know, we were expecting, like, Liam Neeson. We were expecting Ewan McGregor. We were expecting Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman. And then we also got, like, one of the funniest moments of George Lucas. One of the funniest moments yeah. He, he he videoed it on a on a pre-recorded like cell phone video. <laughs> just like it was yeah. just like him being so awkward. It was just classic George Lucas in his seventies, you know? It's just like yep. he doesn't know how to hold the phone or, or, or how to like look at it. It's just like so funny, man. I just, that was the best part of the panel. <laughs> but the lead up oh, to yeah. the panel the, the lead up to the panel was the best part. And that's not a good thing to say because, like, everybody was so hyped. And then they played the trailer for the Phantom Menace that, like, brought the world to its heels when it first came out in 1998 or whatever. 
the trailer. And then everybody yeah. was like, oh, we're so in. We're getting all these people. And then, they, and then, like, nobody really significant really showed up that much. Not throwing shade on anybody. It's just we had high expectations. And I, and I and here's what's different, right? You already have Ewan McGregor there. So you already know it's going to be freaking awesome because that means a major character is going to be there. One of the big three is going to be there. I strongly think that Hayden will be there because Obi-Wan. Even if it was just Hayden and him and Ewan, Ewan McGregor, uh, Nick McDermott and, and uh, Tamar Morrison, like that's an incredible panel right there, you know. Like they, they they have the makings of it. And the good thing about this celebration too is that it's in California, and that's where all the celebrities and the actors live. So it can't take much out of them to like come down from their house in Beverly Hills or something from like an hour away to to drive down or something to just spend a Oh, an afternoon there and get, get like, paid. paid the twenty thousand dollars just for <laughs> an hour panel. <laughs> hey, that sounds pretty nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, like I agree. I think I think there's a good chance. Um, you know, the more we've talked about it, I think you know, of course, Ewan's gonna Ewan's gonna be on the panel, I'm sure. Ian McDermott's gonna be on the panel, I'm sure, because they're there already. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think him, Ian. Um, oh, the girl that plays Alice Secure is going to be there. So let's let's bring some of these. I, as much as I threw shade at some of the other people just a minute ago, but not really. Let's bring on some of the side characters. Let's bring up, yeah. up Alice Secure, the actress. Let's bring up some of these people that yep. deserve the time to shine. Because, I mean, they're part of the movie too, right? So it's not just about the major yep. guys. But it is nice to have the major guys is what I'm saying. Oh, actually, I just thought of one that would like really rock the house too. Okay, you bring out EE, let's say Padme, let's say Natalie's not even there. Let's just say it's Ewan and Ian McDermott. And what if you get freaking Tamara Morrison and Daniel Logan walking out on stage? Because the fans are really like liking Daniel oh, hey. Logan a lot I've seen on social da- media. Daniel like, Logan's going to be there. Oh, then, well, there's there's your answer. Okay, so <laughs> we, we've got three people so far. It's probably it's probably Ewan, Dude, Ian, Daniel. It's well, going to be out like... The panel. It's gonna be like 2017's panel in Orlando. They had all those chairs, and it was like for the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. I feel like they had that. Well, they did. They had so many actors on that stage. It was like I feel like it's gonna be the same way for this Attack of the Clones panel. It's gonna blow out the freaking Phantom Menace one. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be great. Yeah, I think that panel is gonna be. Um, I hope. I I really hope. Like I hope it's gonna be really great like that and i mean heck there's so many different um options like i said i hope though for your guys' sake i hope george makes an appearance there just because for you guys just to see him in person um like that'd be incredible yeah we'll see we'll see yeah you never know with him that's that's the thing you just never know with george though what he's going to be at or what he doesn't want to be at you don't know all right we also (laughs) have a star wars merchandise for disney parks and shop disney probably not going to go to that one this one i will try to attend this is a go beyond the spires and virtual reality making a viral mx labs tales of the galaxy tales from the galaxy's edge so that's that's definitely one i want to check out because um obviously i played that game you guys have seen the stream of me playing that game on here we have oh the hasbro star wars panel oh i can't wait for this one i the reason why is i've never been to a like a hasbro star wars panel um, yep. 
And I and too bad that dark nerdy Gonzo is not in the chat tonight because <laughs> I know he would have a, a few words to say about this specific panel because they have this same panel basically at um, New York Comic Con every year and this, they open up the Q and A and they get ripped hard by the fans like point blank <laughs> and I think that you know, dark nerdy Gonzo had said that like recent years they just stopped doing a Q&A because they're like they don't want to get the flack from the fans <laughs> because That's... it's like you get this, the fans answer, asking the questions of like oh why are you making so many Darth Vader's or like why is this not being done why is this being done why why are you releasing figures for movies that came out five years ago and you can't get a single figure out for the thing that's coming next you know they get ripped apart mm-hmm. by the fans and i i would love to be a fly on the wall or be in the room if they actually had a q a because they would just have negative feedback i feel like and it would be kind of like terrible for them because like i wouldn't want to be in their shoes to be like on that stage and like have to dance around stuff all the time but for me, I would be like, all right, give me a bowl of popcorn because this is gonna get yeah. spicy here. <laughs> See, like, like that—that's that's great. Like, it's good though. They're getting—they get feedback. Like, I think that is good getting feedback, like that constructive criticism. And hey, I mean, again, playing off our thing we talked about earlier, like Star Wars being light. You know, you don't got—they wouldn't have to answer seriously back. You know, you could play it real light. Like when they say, hey, why, why do you? Why do you make so many Darth Vader figures all the time? Like, gosh, you re-release one every week. Okay, you know, you know why? Because we rake in the money. Like, that's why. Like, like just, 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 just have fun with it. Like, I just, I just, I mean, I'm sure the audience can, our viewers can tell. Like, I'm so burnt out on like all these suits just being so serious. Like, just have fun. Like, like life is way too short to be like so dead serious all the time. And like, just, just have fun with it. Like, if the fans are heckling you hackle them right back like have fun with it <laughs> yeah. um, like i just think stuff like that would be a lot of fun but uh but like you said i think you know they probably just won't even have a q a for that no no moving mm-hmm. on we have from a galaxy far far away to a disney park near you a chronological journey through star wars experiences to disney parks around the world starting with the earliest co- uh, collaborations between disney and lucasfilm uh, Captain EO and Star Tours lean all the way through the newest summer. So they're talking about Galaxy's Edge, they're talking about uh, Galactic Star Cruise, they're talking about uh, the Hyperspace Lounge and some other things. I would say I don't know any inside information. I don't want to waste anybody's time if you're listening to this thinking, ah, I don't need to go to this yep. panel. But literally later that day there's going to be a big Star Wars night and I kind of want to say if you're in that room and I'm, I don't want to throw this out to the universe, but I, whatever, I already started down the dark path. I might as well finish my thought, right? Just maybe they'll give you a ticket to go to the park that night. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. I don't know anything. I seriously don't know anything, but I know sometimes these panels have like crazy giveaways and it's like, well, the park is right there. Like they could just reserve like 200 tickets for the people in that room. And then, well, actually it's on the celebration stage. So I don't know if they're going to give out like 7,000 tickets. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen, but Hey, show up to this panel because you'll probably get a T-shirt because that's what happened to me the last time I went to the one in Chicago. I have a T-shirt that I've never worn because it's like three sizes too large for me. So, but they gave me a Coca-Cola shirt that says Coca-Cola and Arabesh for like the Batu design or whatever. Nice. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, 
Well, we'll see because Galaxy's uh, Galactic Star Cruiser came out and it kind of came out and it went out because I haven't heard anybody talking about it. If you if you ask me, hey, right. don't. That, that's one thing at this panel. Don't open up a Q and A about that Galactic Star Cruiser because <laughs> I'm sure they would get some interesting responses from fans. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it should be it should be an interesting. Like you said, I really um. They might end up doing something like that, whether it be free T-shirts or, um, hey, first come, first serve type tickets to the park. Or or maybe, hey, everybody in here gets discounts to it or something like yeah, maybe yeah. something like that just to make it a little more exclusive. Because I feel like that panel, of course, has less of a draw than the shows. So maybe they're like, hey, let's reward the people that come to this panel. Yeah, but it's also on the celebration stage. So that's like the main stage. Like this isn't out on some like side stage, right? This is like they oh, want to yeah. draw people in. And mm-hmm. I always think back to San Diego Comic San Diego Comic Con 2015. And I know a few of my buddies from the Star Wars Underworld, uh, Dominic Jones, I believe, Chris Siegel, and, and uh, uh, my buddy over there, Ben Hart. They were part of an audience that after the panel for the episode seven, they said, OK, everybody reach under your seats. You have a ticket to go to a, a Star Wars concert right now. We're going. And they literally walked like 5000 people across the street to a freaking arena. And they had John Williams playing yep. outside and they gave everybody like lightsabers. Like it's not out of the question for Disney to pull something crazy off like that. I already have a ticket yeah. to the event, so I don't have to go just to try, just to have a hope for getting it. But I think it'd be pretty cool if they actually did something like that. Oh yeah, like see, like like you said, there's precedence for it right there. So maybe that's how they do it. That's how you control like a crazy crowd. Like, hey, the ticket's under your seat. Don't worry, um, etc. So maybe maybe they do it like that just to award the people who are coming or like really there, like actually sitting in the seats, you know. Um, listening to the panel so uh yeah i think that's a that's a really good point that you made there maybe maybe there's a chance of that because as we've talked about throughout this entire show so far you know there are gaps in the schedule for celebrations so maybe there's something after this panel yeah well the 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 galactic night event happens at six o'clock so i think they might just give you a voucher if they were to do that, yep. like here, here's your actual ticket. You just, you know, here's the QR code. Boom, sign in. You're, you're good to go. See you there yep. at six. You know, um, or you know, let's just, let's just shoot up for the sky's, the sky's limit. Uh, here's your voucher for the two, uh, two nights stay at Galaxy Star Cruiser. Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> here's your <laughs> voucher for uh, George Lucas autographs in person and photo shoots. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, let's just see how that's gonna go. We had to pay George like ten million to do this, by the way. But uh... <laughs> all right, moving on. We have another Star Wars park thing. Thirty-five years of the Star War, uh, Star Tours Adventures with D twenty-three. That could be fun. I went there uh, way back when, when I was ten. This is like over twenty years ago now. So pretty cool. Now this one, I'm extremely excited for because last time I got, I missed this because it was during the Fallen Order panel. And this is Let's Play Star Wars, a galaxy of tabletop games from five to six on the Twin Sun stage. Uh, you got all the games going to be there. You got Star Wars Legion. You got Star Wars X-Wing. You got some of the stuff that Fantasy Flight is doing, probably with the Outer Rim game and some other things. So, hey, I'm definitely going to be there because I play Star Wars Legion. I'm hoping that 
um, the, the creators of Star Wars Legion, Atomic Mass Games, has a booth that I can buy the Shadow Collective expansion because it's not coming out till June, and they have a habit of bringing stuff early if it's a couple weeks away. So I'm hoping that I can get my hands on something a couple weeks before everybody else does because that's one of the fun things about Star Wars um, in general, Star Wars Celebration, and any convention is they tend to give you stuff a little early if it's like a couple weeks before. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that. Um, we also have Behind the Audiobook on Friday, making an original Star Wars adventure that has things, the discussions of the Tempest Runner audio drama, Dr. Afra audio drama, so definitely want to check that out. We're moving over to Saturday, Mando Plus, a conversation with John Favreau and Dave Filoni in their first appearance at Star Wars Celebration since the premiere of The Mandalorian. Join John Favreau and Dave Filoni with special guests for a look back and a look ahead of what's to come. So I'll stop that right there. We'll talk a little bit about this. So what do you think we can expect from this one, Ben? How? Well, my first question is, um, I don't have the article pulled up on my phone right now, but uh how is Mando Plus written? Is it like Mando with a Plus logo? Yep. Oh, yeah. So then that means you're, we're 100% getting like Ahsoka stuff, you know? Like oh, they're yeah. definitely going to bring, they're definitely, okay, I just wanted to make sure uh, just the wording of that. Yeah. So I think, you know, of course we'll, I'm sure they'll, uh, you know, we'll go over Mando, go over Book of Boba. Um, they'll probably highlight some of the highs of the shows, like, you know, Luke popping in and the action sequences and things. Um, and then a look ahead, that's, that's where things could get really, really interesting because what if mirroring what we talked about, uh, earlier with Thrawn, what if they go and we get kind of a flashback to, Thrawn's introduction for Rebels, what if they, I don't know, kill the lights and and uh, they're like, hey, let's take a look at our up, next upcoming show in the Mandoverse, um, Ahsoka or something, and it's literally just like a 10-second clip of Thrawn walking out like he did like he did for the, uh, the Rebels appearance. Like, make it be something boom like that and just oh. blow the audience away. You know, because it says, oh, look ahead. And the only thing to look ahead to, I guess, is, I mean, I guess is Mando season three, but, you know, it says, it says plus on the thing. Yeah. So, so that means we, we're going to look ahead to Ahsoka. So it's like, oh my gosh, like if they do something like that, just give us a thing of Thrawn, like a little shot, like one shot of whoever it is playing. I don't care. At this point, I don't care who it is. I just want to see Thrawn. Um, So just like show me Thrawn and that would, that would break the internet because the funny thing is, the ironic thing, as the Emperor would say, how ironic, but um, the ironic thing is Thrawn's the one who broke the internet for that Star Wars celebration a few years back when, uh, you know, everyone joked around and was like, man, Star Wars Rebels overshadowed everything else at the whole pan- oh, at the celebration, basically. <laughs> so, like, it'd be, it'd be really ironic if it wraps back around and live-action Thrawn overshadows everything at this celebration, like... <laughs> um, just give us something like that in the look ahead. Because the look ahead is what I really care about for this panel, honestly. I need to know beyond Ahsoka. This isn't just a two two series runaround. We originally had Ranges of the New Republic in or oh, Book yep. of Boba Fett is another it's not just two, it's three right now. But yeah. let, let's get an update on that. Let let's address Gina Carano being cut from this thing and have and then having to scramble and do something else. Let's let, 
I don't want them to kind of skirt around that edge. I want them to come out and confirm like, hey, we're we're doing a cop banth series now or something or, or something to that degree. Like, what's just name the, re- the rebels? What about um, if you're not gonna have Gina Carano, uh, shoot, the main girl from Rebels, the Twi'lek, or not the Twi'lek, or, um, the Ghost Crew leader. Oh, Harrison Dula. Hera, yeah. What if they come out and say, boom, it's Rangers of the New Republic starring Harrison Dula and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, something like that. Like, you know, just, just like, like you said, we want to hear more, though. Oh, uh, yeah. So I got my good buddy, Joel Davis. He's, he's going to join us on or join me on uh, Thursday at Celebration. I'll be looking out for you, but... Um, got a lot of people that i have to meet that i haven't ever met before but i've been talking on the internet uh with for literally months and years so that's it's always fun um yeah man so so give us the next give us confirmation what's going on with the new republic give us a look at thrawn even if he walks up on the stage a freaking badass have grogu walk on the stage like literally have a, a puppet grogu that's gotta happen right there, there's gotta be a panel that has an actual life-size grogu walking around they've done that before oh. with force awakens bb8 that is something that boggles my mind still and they say it in the description this is the first time we've had celebration since the release of mandalorian look at how much star wars fandom has changed since the Mandalorian, it has set the world on fire beyond belief. It's not just the fandom; it's the entire world that's set on fire. So, it's kind of crazy to think that we're not gonna have ever seen Baby Yoda slash Grogu like walking out on a stage before. It's gonna be like the first yeah. time, you know. So, let's go. Oh, for, <laughs> for sure. I mean, have him. Like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Pedro's not gonna be there, or Pedro's not uh, listed. I don't think, but man. How crazy would the audience go? Like, I, man, Chris, you and me are really like playing with house money. Um, like, like we're we're getting all we're setting all of our expectations like sky high. They're gonna be like middle high. But um, <laughs> man, what if like why not kill the lights? Have freaking have um Pedro walk out in full Mando gear oh. with the life size baby life size baby oh. Grogu, or have or have 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 Grogu on one side. Like, think about this. How 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 wild would the internet? And just everybody at Celebration be. What if Kill the Lights? You have Grogu on one side of the stage and freaking Pedro Pascal and Mando Gear walk across the stage to like reunite with Grogu, like, you know, to signify <laughs> Mando season three. Like, that would just blow the audience completely out of the water. Um, but again, that's like setting our expectations sky, like, sky like high. Like Lucasfilm. I hope one of your people is watching Ted A. Street. You got some good ideas here. Because, I mean, fans would have a meltdown if that happened. Because, you know, that'd be such a cute moment. Or at minimum, like you said, at minimum. I think the panel, uh, of course, if we get Thrawn, it won't be a letdown. But if we go through the panel and they don't even have a live action Grogu at the panel, I would be sh- stunned completely stunned yeah so so let's let's look at the next thing here because we have behind the scenes of the mandalorian and the book of boba fett and this is literally like right after that panel ends you have like an hour wait and it's like on the same stage and everything um this is behind the scenes so you have everything with uh john favreau and just uh, they gotta have something with them because we're talking about the island stagecraft team the creatures 
practical puppets. I feel like, if anything, like, the Grogu is going to appear here. Because this yeah. whole panel is just about that. Like, they're going to, behind the scenes, like, they're going to talk for 45 minutes just about Grogu, probably, at this thing. The one, also, you're talking about um, those type of effects and things. It'd be great if they have Shamook, that YouTuber they hired for uh, Luke, oh. to be there. That would be really cool, just hearing from him talking about, like, you know, joining Lucasfilm. Yep, so we also have the Star Wars cosplay competition. This is a weird time. It's 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Now, at New York Comic Con, this would be the something to, like, end the day. Like, okay, everybody's had yeah. a long, exhausting day of being excited for literally eight hours. Let's all chill and watch some really cool Star Wars cosplay. No, this is smack dab in, like, the beginning of the day, basically. Uh, so that's really cool. Definitely want to check that out. Then we also have Star Wars Hunters. Welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy. So right now... This is the only Star Wars gaming panel, and I find it very funny that out of all the games, Star Wars Hunters would get this, because it's just a free-to-play mobile game. Um, yeah. So that's where it leads me to believe, like, yeah, they're going to have a panel to talk about Jedi Fallen Order sequel, about what Respawn's working about on, what um, Ubisoft and what Eclipse and all those sort of things. They'll probably roll into, like, a big showcase gaming panel would be my uh, assumption there. We already yeah, talked at I, length. I... Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, no, I, I mean I completely agree with you. It's it's gonna most likely just be a big showcase panel. Maybe hey, this is what's coming up next. This is what's in development. Blah blah blah. It's, I feel like that panel might end up if they do a panel like that. It's probably gonna be pretty snappy. You know, they'll just get right through the through the points basically and keep it moving. Um, but maybe I'm not sure. I'm not. Um, I guess I'd say I'm more of a casual gamer. I mean, I, I video game almost every day. But I don't keep up with a lot of like the different news and or like a lot of the things. So like, is there any type of big? When's the big video game thing? Um, like the big video game convention oh, usually. Sure. Uh, the yeah. funny thing is, E3 is canceled. E3 is not happening this oh, year. Really? Oh, but, really? But the thing is that they are. They just announced this literally yesterday. Xbox is having their like gaming showcase happening on I think like the second Sunday of June. So hmm. we might also whatever they don't show here, there's a possibility they might show it there because they also said they're going to do third party games. But who knows? Maybe Xbox is working on an, on an exclusive game because apparently PlayStation is because they're working on an exclusive KOTOR game. So yep. it's not like Xbox can't have their own exclusive hmm. Star Wars game shown off there as well. So, yeah, uh, we also have Doug Chang designing the Mandalorian. This is still on Saturday. This is four to five. And this one also has a lot with Grogu. So there could be multiple appearances of a live-action Grogu at one point on Saturday. Also, Marvel Comics is having a panel, 4.30, live on the Twin Sun stage. Uh, Joel Davis, you're joining us here live. Man, they got to announce something with Return of the Jedi post-stories, or post-Return of the Jedi stories, because, man, oh, man, I feel like the... I feel like we need to get out of this empire. I was really looking forward to it, but it feels like it's sort of dragging. And I've talked about this before, but when you're tying all these comics and these stories to one event that is going on for a very long time, I feel like uh, I feel like for that, that 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, which is going to happen next year, I feel like it's the perfect time in this panel to be like, hey, we are transitioning after 
Return of the Jedi, and we're going to be going forward ongoing. And maybe announce some stuff, like, that's in different eras, too. Because they have, like, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's starting off next week. They have the Halcyon adventure stories that are coming out, which are which are cool. Um, but there's still too much stuff in one area, right? You have, like, four yeah. comics in one area, and it's, like, shrinking the universe just a little bit. Well, see, I think with that, I think the reason... I think what they're doing is, like you said, they're leading up to Jedi... Return of the Jedi, that is, and maybe they'll cap it there because then I think the reason they aren't going ham between episode six and seven is I think they're trying to be careful because, you know, say if they let a whole big, like a 32 issue comic line come out between six and seven, you know, that could potentially bootstrap them on maybe, oh crap, we want to do, do a live action Luke and Grogu series about, you know, you know, they could get bootstrapped potentially. Um, so, like, I think that's why they're being conservative with the six and seven timeline. Personally, like, I think that's really what it is because I think it's, I, I think it comes back to John and Dave. I really think John and Dave were like, hey, six and seven, like, that's our era, <laughs> like that that time slot. So, I think that's why they're potentially being conservative with that um, slot of time. Yeah, I mean. I agree to a certain degree, but I also think that there's plenty of time between Return of the Jedi and, and The Mandalorian specifically that they have time to build that up. There's there's a five-year oh, gap. Yeah. We, we've already gotten stories in that time, so it's not unprecedented. Like, you have Shattered Empire, which is probably a couple months after. You have the Battlefront 2 video game story. Aftermath which, Trilogy. You have Aftermath Trilogy. You have, uh, oh, oh, the uh, I have them right behind me, the Alphabet Squadron Trilogy, which leads up yep. to an You have... Um, Han Solo last shot, which is about two or three years after, because Ben Solo is a baby at that point. So there are so many stories that they could still have like really interesting comic stories like within that two or three years after Return of the Jedi that I that I would think you know with the story group they could be like, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, just do this for now, you know. And by the time yeah. those get close, you're gonna be into like almost the end of the Mandalorian verse, maybe. Who knows? And then they could really go crazy. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Like, like you can work around it just because like you said, you have five years to play with. And in terms of like comic book language, five years is, is basically an eternity for comics. You know, oh, you could yeah. do so many comics, you could do so many issues. I mean, look, this whole, the war of the bounty hunters was what 20 some issues or so 30 yep. issues like, and that was only in such a short period of time, basically. So you could, you could literally do a comic run, like a 30 issue comic run over just like a three month time period. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like you could start playing around like that and really, um, really playing around with it. And again, even if you don't want to mess with the big, the big dog characters like Luke, for example, or Han or Leia, like you can still just go around, work on some of the other rebel characters. Like there's plenty, like there's wedge. Um, wedge is one of my favorite side characters in star Wars. In my opinion, like he's, he's such a good solid side character. Like do a 20 some issue comic run of him after return of the Jedi, you know, uh, doing stuff that he would do, like just going on missions and stuff like different things like that. Or, you know, I don't think we'll ever see it because it's such a hard thing to really focus on villains. But Give us the give us a whole thirty issue comic run of the the first order slowly building up like in the background like do it from their oh, perspective yeah. don't even, don't even Sloan, include the, yeah don't even Hux. include the good guys yep exactly like just do something like that and that would intrigue the audience I feel like a lot 
And then it still leaves you open for stories with like Han, Luke, and Leia. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We also have another actor-specific panel. This is IMC3PO with Anthony Daniels. And anybody that's seen Anthony Daniels in person knows he's a character, and he could literally talk for hours. So um, it's definitely one that I would say is probably worth watching for sure. So that's um, another character added to the Attack of the Clones panel. There you go. <laughs> Keeping that active tally mark. We're all at like six or seven yep. people that could be on that stage yep. at this point easily. <laughs> Yeah, not even counting like the creators, right? So people behind the scenes and stuff like that. You got like Doug Chang up there, right? And all those people. Um, yeah. We also have Delray behind the scenes. This is one I'm, I think they might announce a new book at because they're going to be talking about The Princess and the Scoundrel, The Brotherhood and Shadow of the Sith. There's three books, two of which will be out almost. And then you have The Princess and the Scoundrel, which will be out at the end of the summer, I believe. So yeah, why not announce another book? Why not? Um this brings us to our final day. This is uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2. So I think on this one, uh, well, it's got it's got uh, Michelle Ang, who plays Omega, and you have Deep Bradley Baker, of course, who plays all the clones. It's about time. We thought that we might be getting this series in between Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and at one point there was that um, thing in Star Wars magazine that said, oh, it was coming into yeah. spring. Well, hey, it's spring right now. Where is it? So... It's nice that to see that coming thing soon. is coming soon. Um, but I, if it goes like any other Star Wars animated panel from the past, we'll probably see like maybe one episode or something. Because in years past, I remember I hadn't been to them at this point because I've only been to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. But they've shown like entire Rebel episodes like all the time. They would do that. That'd be like yep. the go-to thing. They 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 showed that Vader episode early, like you you said before. Siege of Lothal. Siege of Lothal. They showed the Mandalorian um, season four opener episode, whatever that was called, with Sabine and, and her parents and all that. They showed that episode. Uh, I mean, in Celebration Chicago, they showed like bits and pieces of some of those final arcs. Um, the Martars, the Martez sister arc. They showed um, yep. something like from that or something like that. So they're definitely going to show us footage. I really want them to talk about Wayland. And Mount Tantus a lot because that could be really big when it comes to the Mandalorian verse and like, hey, have Dave Filoni up there explaining what the significance of that and maybe tease some things that we might see in there that relate to Thrawn or something like that, you know? Um, so it's gonna be cool to see Michelle Ang because she's never really been in front of an audience for Star Wars fans. So I'm excited for her to kind of see like how the community is rabid for this stuff and how she reacts will be great. And of course, Deep Bradley Baker, he was at New York Comic Con this year. He's, I've seen him on multiple panels. Like he would just show up, and it was like, oh, I play this random character alien in Star Trek, and I was like, oh, cool, he's back on stage talking about this crazy alien. And Deep Bradley Baker is such a master that he'll just like start speaking in whatever character voice he is and making these like weird noises. It's just freaking hilarious. So I'm always excited to see him talking on stage. So I feel like that one's gonna definitely be one uh, that you won't want to miss. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a really good panel until they come out and go, hey, guys, I hate to tell you or we're pleased to tell you Sid's going to be with the Bad Batch the entire season. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, but no, for real, I think the uh, I think the panel should be really good. I'm excited to he hear um, what Michelle Ang has to say, just because Omega was my favorite character from the Bad Batch just overall. Um, I really enjoyed her her arc as a whole. Um. 
you know, there were some bumpy moments in it. I mean, that show had a lot of bumpy moments, um, just to be real. But I really liked her character a lot, so I'm excited to see what she has to say. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, we're, we're of course, going to get a trailer for that show. So, um, oh, yeah. It, it makes me wonder if they do like a, a little Boba Fett address in the trailer, Ooh. like something something related to like maybe I don't even know, like her talking about, uh, you know, I don't know, hunt, finding this other clone or whatever, you know, something along those lines, like just something really alluding to Boba Fett. And then maybe, That's I don't know, the, the trailer like picks up and it cuts and shows Boba at the end. Like. And then you have Daniel Logan walk out on stage saying he's reprising his role as Boba Fett. Yeah. Something I picked up from playing Lego to Star Wars Skywalker Saga, Daniel Logan does the voice of Boba Fett in the game. So he's already yep. been in the VO booth to a certain degree. So it's like, all right, just, why don't you just work on this series while you're at it? Yep. It makes me really wonder. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a chance. I, now that you say that, I think there's a good chance for that potentially. Because, I mean, come on. We, we joked around about it last year with leading into the book of Boba and with the Bad Batch. Like, you know, there are many times on here where you we were saying, yeah, this could be the year of Boba Fett. Like, Boba Fett could be getting really shown a lot. Because, look, you know, he was alluded to in Bad Batch. He was He was alluded to several times in Bad Batch. So it just makes you wonder, okay, how's that going to pay off? Or is it just going to be a throwaway, multiple throwaway lines? Like, I think it's going to pay off at some point just because for me, um, and this is just like a prediction leading into season two, since we're going to presumably have it sometime maybe in the next six months. um, Because I think, you know, with Omega, like having so many, say, you know, she has her new adopted family. I think there's a chance she, we get to a spot where Boba, like maybe Boba's telling her to come with him because, hey, I'm your real family. Like these guys aren't um, type deal or something. And she's struggling with that throughout the series. So like, hmm. I, I think we're going to get some type of a, a brother-sister uh, struggle back and forth in this series at some point if Boba gets introduced. So like, you know, there's a chance for that at this panel. Like, I think at minimum, even stripping away all those theories and stuff, at minimum, we'll get a trailer. And then maybe, uh, like you said, I, I think we're for sure going to get, or well, you guys in person anyways, are going to get an episode or two of the show. Or maybe it'll be a long premiere like season one was. Like, it'll be like an hour and 20 minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, so so what I was looking at is is the stage that this is on. So on the celebration stage, that's from 11 to 12. And then if I look at the next thing that's on the celebration stage, it's at 1 o'clock. So, so you got it, enough time for a 45-minute episode. Basically, like, they could literally just talk for 15 minutes and be like, hey, we brought something for you guys to watch and just end up showing us, like, the first episode or two. So, yeah. all right. Oh, man, like I said, this is not even all the panels, guys. We're talking overtime here. We're, we're putting Ben on the clock overtime here, talking Star oh, Wars Celebration, because, cause man, oh, man, like this, this stuff is just loaded. This is what happens when you take three-year breaks from Star Wars Celebration. You just pack everything in one, and I'm all for oh, it. Oh, well, well, just think, we're, <laughs> I mean, God, at this rate, we'll, be, we'll have a five-part podcast for the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have... A look back at Star Wars Visions. So 
1230 to 1.30. Join team members from Lucasfilm and Cubic Pictures as they discuss development and success of Star Wars Visions. Hosted by longtime anime and Star Wars fan Chastity Vicengia, the panelists will share highlights from production, discuss how they worked with Kamikaze Duja, Studio Colorido, Geno Studio, Trigger, Kinema Citrus Company, uh, Production IG, and Science Saru to bring Star Wars Visions to life, show never-before-seen concept art, and keyword more this is where we're gonna get that that acknowledgement of a season two i feel like yep. they're gonna front load this with some cool look back but i feel like we're gonna spend a significant time talking about the future of star wars visions and how it might even come out as early as this year it maybe even show us some new stuff maybe they'll show us like the first short entirely because you know those things don't yeah. have to they're like 20 you know 10 15 minutes long they could show us an entire one right there and say we have a new studio working on this one that we haven't seen before and i want to see how that's formatted right we could spend literally 40 minutes just talking about this specific panel because i feel like there's so much to break down i want to see like how it was received on lucasfilm's end like how it did on disney plus the everything going forward how it worked for lucasfilm how it changed how they worked creatively with these studios versus what they've done before like this panel could be really interesting because star wars visions was a a, a breath of fresh air for star wars you know oh yeah definitely like i think actually if they show a uh, another episode you know again it falls into the whole play to the crowd play to the hype play to the um what people really liked what if they you know, go through the panel and like, okay, guys, we have the first episode for season two of this show, and it's the sequel to the Ninth Jedi. Boom, and they just drop a big hammer mega episode on the celebration audience. Like, that would be incredible. Of course, I'm not there to see it, so it wouldn't be incredible for me at home, but it would be incredible to hear your feedback on it. Um, so, like, I would just, you know, just just drop the hammer on the fans like that. Give them a, a big impact or give them a, a, a sequel to the duel, you know, those type of episodes or uh, me and Milton's case, give us a sequel to that dragon ball Z episode of, of visions. That was really good. Like, you know, just something like that. I think it would be great. Yeah. We got star Wars timeline in the group. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Um, saying uh, visions demands, uh, demonstrates that not every star Wars story needs to, um, adhere to rigid canonical timeline. And as much yep. as I am that guy, that's always like, oh, like I love the can, I love the connections. Yep. It was nice to be able to sit back in my chair and just experience Star Wars in ways that these creators wanted to without having their, you know, hands can't cuff behind them and be like, you can't put that in there. It's not canon. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, 100%. That's the, I feel like that's the biggest, um, whatever the term, uh, breath of fresh air, <laughs> breath of fresh air that comes with this show because it lets the creators do whatever they want i mean i mean heck remember we had that uh like that musical episode like the tatooine band or whatever it was yeah like i mean i, I wasn't a fan of that. yeah i wasn't a fan of that episode at all but i can see where people who really appreciate music and all that stuff do and that's awesome and the best part about it is like you said it's not canon so hey it may not be for me but then, like, the duel and the Ninth Jedi and the Dragon Ball Z episode, like, you know, you weren't such a big fan of the Dragon Ball Z episode, but no. me and Milton me and Milton loved it. Like, so that's the best part about it. With it not being canon, it's like, who cares? Like, let him just keep making cool episodes and have fun with it. And and to me, um, yeah, I just, I'm just really excited for it. I really am. I, I, I think Visions, 
was such a, uh, like you said, breath of fresh air. And it's kind of like almost, I guess I would say, you know, it's, it's like, we, even though it's very brief, but we almost get the feeling of what people felt watching Star Wars in 1977, totally new, not knowing anything else about Star Wars, you know, just going in totally blind, like, okay, let's just see what this is. And Visions just blew us away, like how good it was. Yeah, so we can look forward to that on Sunday. Moving on. I was hoping we would get a panel like this, and I'm so happy to see it's announced. Wonderful world of Wookiees, loyal allies, gifted pilots, skilled mechanics, and fierce warriors. Wookiees have come to the many to be many things in the Star Wars galaxy. Join host Amy Ratcliffe and special guest Eunice Guantanamo from uh, all the episodes of Star Wars, basically, besides Peter Mayhew. He did episode 7, 8, 9 solo. Yep. We have Carrie Jones, Kersantan, and Book of Boba And we have Charles Soule, who wrote in the High Republic character Buryaga Agaberry for a Wookiee-focused discussion that will include a tribute to the iconic Peter Mayhew. I love that edition. I didn't read that the first time looking at the panel, but I love the idea that they're actually making this a tribute to Peter Mayhew because you know he would have been on this panel if he was still around. Like He was a big advocate of fan outreach, and he was always getting involved with conventions and with the many people um, that went to them, right? But I really love that Kerry Jones, this guy that I don't think like a lot of people know who this guy is, but he did such a great job of portraying this fierce, dark Wookiee, Kersantan, who first appeared in the comics. So I can't wait to hear this guy's input on like how he approached the character, how he got inspiration for the character, what he did to prepare for the role, because we don't get a lot of new Wookiee actors, right? Ioannis Swantanamo was the only person that was really doing anything Wookiees um, parts in Star Wars. So I, I, I was hoping that we would get them two on the same panel after I seen that they were both um, doing autographs. I was like, oh, it'd be cool to yep. have a Wookiee panel with these two guys. And here we go. We have a Wookiee panel with these two characters. Oh, for sure. See, that's a good that's a Yeah, that's a good um, that's a good thing as well. I'm glad Star Wars didn't like cheap out about the Wookiees. Because they could have easily just put in Jonas's contract, hey, you're playing every Wookiee that comes out in live action, dude. So, like, it's nice that they actually have a different um, guy playing um, Black or Sand. Like, I actually didn't realize that until now. Like, I, I guess I just never looked into the casting of who played Black or Sand, actually. So, um, it's cool knowing that it's actually someone different than Jonas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because Yunus has his own way of playing Wookiee, and then you have this guy. And I want to yep. just hear that conversation of like two people that have played Wookiees, like the mannerisms, like how they got in the headspace to be a Wookiee. Like, what what could that? It's like the most nerdiest thing in Star Wars. But that's why I go to conventions like these because you just like to just sit there and be like, hey, this is me in a Star Wars conversation, surrounded by Star Wars fans, just nerding out right now, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like the Wookiees, you know, it's great. Like, you know, there won't be any news that comes out of that panel or anything. Um, it'll just be a good, fun panel. Like you said, with like Mark Hamill having his panels in the past, the um, Warwick Davis, like doing his things like, you know, different people just doing having their panels Ian McDermott's panel. Like, you know, there are different panels. It'll just be a good, fun time, you know. Heck, yeah. Going over to Star Wars, the Clone Wars. The Siege of Mandalore screening. Like, oh my gosh, was this a surprise to see on the schedule for Sunday from 1 o'clock to 3 p.m. live on the Celebration stage. Join host David Collins and special guests Dave Filoni, Carrie Beck, 
and Athena Portilla for a special screening of Siege of Mandalore, the four-episode arc that makes up the cinematic final chapter of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Like, I get goosebumps just saying that. Like, <laughs> because this is something that, like, Star Wars fans love to have happen at these conventions, is you just put together these episodes of The Clone Wars, some of the best arcs, and just put them on a giant screen with a really good audio system and watch them in a group of with fans and just experience it because they've they've done stuff like this before with um the 3d releases of the star wars movies i remember some of my friends telling me that in the years past they'd see like the, they were the only people that ever see because it never came out in theaters like the 3d anime 3d version of uh revenge of the sith i think and stuff like that uh so yep. there you go it's like all right like let, let's sit there and enjoy um siege of mandalore and and you know we know this is not going to be the only screening there. They're just not releasing that they're going to have Obi-Wan screening there. Maybe they'll have some other screenings, too, because usually what I like about Celebration in Chicago, they had, like, the movies, and at that time, that's all we had, so they'll probably have Mandalorian playing. They usually have at Celebration in, like, the hotel that's, like, linked, which was at the Marriott, they have a room where you could just drop in and, and just chill for two hours and watch a Star Wars movie. Like, they literally yep. have a Star Wars movie played, like, 24 hours, like, the whole thing. So they'll be yeah. like play like, oh, go here at two o'clock and just chill in this room and watch Empire Strikes Back for 30 minutes. And I'll go get get my lunch and I'll go over to the panel. Um, it's kind of insane how easy it is to do that, you know? Oh, yeah. See, like that type of thing is really cool because you could say, hey, I watched the Siege of Mandalore with Dave Filoni. Like, how cool is that? You know, you, you get those type of like experience things that you want to experience not going. So like those type of things are just lifelong, awesome memories to have. Um yeah, I just I just think it's a, it'll be a lot of fun. And then, you know, you saying about uh, the Kenobi panel, you, or Kenobi, like they're for sure going to have Kenobi, um, a Kenobi screening, I think anyways. And I think if you even watch, um, like go back and watch the announcement video when they when they announced they were moving it, like sure, it, they could have meant, you know, uh, obviously, you know, we're all watching it on Friday. But the way Ewan says it, he says, let's all watch it together. Um, you know, he I'm pretty sure his terminology is he says, let's all watch it together. And that. Yeah. And that makes me think that means you guys are going to literally be watching it with Ewan McGregor at Celebration. Oh, my gosh. Is that a freaking crazy thing to think about? <laughs> like, um, I, I really believe that. But yeah. Yeah. I got to address uh, one of our chat chatters in there um dark nerdy yep. gonzo is has arrived and uh, i i i called you out man because earlier in the podcast <laughs> we were we've been going at this for almost three hours mind you but uh you can find it back in the archives we were talking about the the hasbro star wars panel and how much you love going to those things uh, so I, I had to i had to drop your name there on the podcast because i know i know how much you love those things <laughs> but getting getting back to it uh, we're almost at the end. We're almost at the end. We have behind the scenes the creatures of Return of the Jedi. So that th this is going to be a fun one for sure. Um, this is what brought me up on Star Wars, guys. I remember watching Return of the Jedi. I've told this story probably like close to ten times on the channel the last six, seven years. Seeing it over my friend's house at the Jabba's Palisade, and I was both terrified and both very intrigued about Jabba the Hutt and about all these other crazy great crazy looking creatures and i might have to try to find a way to get on this panel because i would just love to hear about these people um talking about like job of the hot and all these other all these other characters in it 
Oh yeah, that panel is going to be a really cool one. Man, see that's one thing like I don't have a ton ton of Star Wars collectibles anymore. Like I like I'm very selective on them on the ones that I do get. But man, if I was at that panel, I would want to get a uh, a life-size salacious bee crumb. I would love to have one of them cuz he's like well, he's like one of my favorite little aliens from Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, he you know, he's not one of my favorites. I would like yeah. to see a Gamorrean guard. I would like oh, to see. Oh, you know see... they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna like the finale of that panel is gonna be covering the Rancor though. Oh yeah, oh yeah, probably. Yep, yep, yep. Um, let's see. I'm pulling, I'm pulling up some other things as as we talk here because. Um, oh, you're good. Oh, we're far from out of the woods right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I got some other things I want to mention. But first, uh, last thing we're going to talk about with the official Star Wars panels is the Celebration Anaheim closing ceremony. This is on Sunday at 3:30. Goes to 4:30. So this is interesting here. Um, oh, it says Celebration Galaxy. And StarWars.com stages. Okay, so they haven't even announced that there's a StarWars.com stage. So, hey, we know that's happening. It would be weird if they didn't have it. Um, And I'll talk about that in a moment. But gather with your friends and fellow Star Wars fans to relive the best moments of the weekend and bid farewell to another Star Wars celebration featuring special guests, weekend highlights, and much more. This is a send-off you won't want to miss. So the fact that they say... It's a send-off that you don't want to miss. Um, I'm just wondering, like, hmm, is there going to be one last... I always hope that there's, like, one last big announcement that they save for the end. Like, besides, like, we'll see you 2023 yeah. in New York City. And that would be the thing that would get me real excited. Because that would mean I wouldn't have to really spend money on airfare. But um, <laughs> it, it'd be easier for you to get there at Milton, because yeah. we're all on the eastern seaboard. But um, Hey, there we go. <laughs> but, um, hey, you know... Maybe they'll throw out one one last thing because I know at other celebrations like the last day of the closing ceremony they brought out Alden Ehrenreich and they confirmed him as Solo and Solo. Hey, Star there you Wars go. Confirm, stuff like that. Confirmed Thrawn. Oh, oh. No, no, confirmed Solo too. It's happening. <laughs> hey, that that would be that would be a great way to like end celebration. Just have see now that would be you know when we talk about Star Wars surprises that would be a great one because. You know, um, Jonas is there. Why not have Jonas and Alden as a surprise, surprise guest? Have them walk out and, you know, kind of reliving the Dave Filoni, like Ahsoka Lives shirt thing. Have them walk out with shirts that say Solo 2 is happening or something or or Solo 2 is going to happen. Like just something like that. Boom. Blow the audience away. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that could happen. Um Oh wow! Apparently, we have like a lot of New Yorkers in, in the house in the chat room today, so <laughs> that's kind of cool. I'm from Jersey, so right. I'm I'm very very close. Um, but yeah, basically our entire fan base, besides Joel Davis, who I believe lives in California, is like living in like the tri-state area. Basically, oh, it nice. seems like <laughs> that's so crazy. Um, but but anyway, yeah. So so wrapping it up. Hey, that's that's. Okay, and this is what's going to blow your minds. This is what's going to blow your minds, guys. Those are just some of the official panels. And what I was bringing up, and this is going to blow your minds, what I was bringing up as I was stalling for time as Ben was talking for a moment there, (laughs) is that there is 
a lot more where that came from. If you're watching the live stream, if you're watching on YouTube, I was just talking about the official panels. Um, so Star Wars Celebration has panels that are run by the fans, that are run by the fan clubs. So there's about 50 other panels throughout yep. the day. And some of these panels, guys, are the panels that, like, as much as the official announcement panels are fun as heck, like, you're getting all the excitement of what's happening next, you have some of these other panels which are just almost even more memorable, in my opinion, because they really get into the nitty-gritty of Star Wars in ways, like, you never... Never would have imagined, but it's only because there's fellow Star Wars fans that you can really like connect with yeah. what they're talking about. And I'm, and as you see, I'm scrolling, oh. I'm I'm scrolling endlessly through these panels, as you see here. And yeah. this is what you can expect, man. You just go and you can just chill. You 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 need a break from the the madness that is the showroom floor. You just walk in into one of these panel rooms. Hey, you can see how a guy builds a Mandalorian armor. You can see exactly how they do it. Armor building with yeah. the Mandalorian Mercs on Thursday, 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m., right? You can go Both. over and you can do something where it's like, uh, whatever, lightsaber training with the saber guild, right? So it's it's as much as it's really fun to get into these big panels, and that's the trick, is to get into them because as much as they're really cool, all the ones I was talking about, it's not guaranteed that you'll go to even maybe half of them because you have to enter a lottery system. And then if you're lucky, you might get into an overflow room if they have that available for some of the bigger panels. But you might just be watching on your phone like everybody else, you know. So but yeah. that's what I wanted to highlight. Um, and I'm going to just keep scrolling so you guys can just keep seeing how this oh. list just goes on and on. And oh, on. yeah. When it comes to those um those like the side panels that aren't like the official panels, like, you know, the ones that are um, ran by like fans, like the Mercs and people like that, you know, those panels have been um, some of those interesting ones. Like for me, as just a fan, even watching from at home, like one of my favorite panels over the years, the most memorable ones, it was like, I don't know, Star Wars celebration, whatever, 2014, 2015 era, that, that, uh, that time period was back in the, the collider heydays when they had Jedi council there and you know oh, it was yeah. the whole it was the whole Jedi Council crew, crew. It was like Campia and Harloff and Perry Nemiroff and Mark Ellis and all those pe all those guys. They hosted the Jedi Council panel live there, and like you know that's such a cool uh, thing that they let creators do that. You know. Mhm. Mhm. And as to mention, as I was talking about the StarWars.com stage and how that was interesting. So usually they have like the yep. Star Wars show or something, and like right in the smack dab middle of the actual state or the actual like showroom floor where they have the booths of like the, the vendors and stuff like that. They usually have a huge ass like stage set up where they have like big projection screens around and they have like randomly like some of the star Wars stars just walking out and you can basically almost touch them. Like you can go right up yep. against the stage and like be right there and they'll like interview these different characters and cast members. And that's where I seen um, the trailer for um, the rise of Skywalker. And I seen it where it was like waddle shoulder to shoulder people. We are crammed as big as that freaking showroom floor. Man, I felt like I was at a rock stage, uh, rock concert because it was just like glorious. Uh, I think Chris Forsyth can can agree with me. That was that was something else. I don't know if he's seen it in like a room, but I seen it standing up, and it was just it was freaking awesome, man. So um, even if you can't catch these things live in a room, you can probably go to uh wherever the stage is and if they do it in the years past then then they'll do it and now i guess one last thing i'll finally say after this very long podcast 
um, <laughs> is we don't know if it's going to be live streamed. I mean, geez, I, I, I can't imagine it not being, but I'm also like wondering, like, what are they waiting for? Like, why don't they announce this? Because people are going to want to see this stuff, you know? I don't, I don't think they, I don't know. I feel like they never even really announced it was live streaming for past ones. I feel like it was just like assumed, like we went into uh, it. Like, cause I, I, I honestly don't remember them making a big fuss about it being live streamed on their YouTube channel. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Like, I mean, if any of our chat members want to correct me, but I feel like they never really advertised it even leading up that it was going to be live streamed on YouTube. I think it was just like assumed, you know, it was happening. So, I mean, I could, like I said, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't remember them marketing their live stream. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I well, I'm sure we'll hear something next week because like next week is like the third three weeks away and at that point everything's got to be basically set in stone with three weeks away and it's may the 4th it's may the 4th so yeah it's gonna be a big week next week guys um speaking of which i mean i think we just about i'm okay i, I just got to the end of the list so that that's enough of that <laughs> so <laughs> let me know in the comment section down below what panels you're looking forward to um just that that went on for a while and like i said that's not even all the darn panels they still got lots of gaps as me as chris i think was saying as well in, in that panel schedule but oh yeah chris chris was saying um the floor exploded yeah that was that was one hell of a moment um yeah yeah joel davis saying fan panel fan panels are probably better than than regular ones uh definitely um a lot a lot of a lot of chat going on um Oh, okay. Uh, Star Wars timeline saying is Tales of the Jedi is my sacred text. I hope they do it justice. So, so I'll, I'll reset this real quick because you're in the chat. Um, my my whole framing process for Tales of the Jedi was, oh, this is Luke Skywalker opening up the sacred text and 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 we're diving into the stories of 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 these Jedi from from years past. So, yep. There you go. That that that's my short explanation or my certain speculation on what that show could be about, um, in animation. But um. Oh wait, what if, what if it's what if it's actually Ray diving into the text because she yeah. takes the text, yeah. she has the text with her, so maybe it is actually something like that. Mm-hmm. They can make it in universe, like these literally are yep. tales that she is reading. Yep. Good point. Good. Hey, figuring out good stuff here tonight. <laughs> We're doing the heavy lifting for what the hell this show could be that we literally only know one sentence about. <laughs> yeah. oh man oh man oh man yeah that's what we we're looking at the the branded uh tales of the jedi logo they'd be doing the fans a disservice if they decide to use that logo and didn't really do anything with the comics so um you know on may 28th we're gonna know a heck of a lot more when we actually um get to see what's going on with that panel but speaking of may the 4th and how we know that is happening next wednesday real quick um kind of update on the on, on what's happening next week for us here at outer ram transmission we are actually going to do our live stream our podcast that wednesday we're doing it that wednesday to celebrate star wars day we are actually going to do our commentary for a new hope so it worked out perfectly because we are trying to get out another commentary before obi-wan kenobi comes out in the month of may at some point before celebration so just turns out that hey that's probably a day that most of us are probably watching a star wars movie so why not join us while we talk over it? Because we've all seen it a hundred times at least at this point. So there you go. <laughs> Next Friday, approximately nine o'clock Eastern time. Uh, that'll be our 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 
rare occurrence on a Wednesday, we'll be watching and commentating for A New Hope. Then we'll come back the following week and, and catch up on any news because didn't really have time to talk about much else because, man, oh, man, I wanted to have a Star Wars celebration preview for the week before I went away, <laughs> but it looks like we pretty much did it now. So, yeah, hey. I mean, I'll have a couple things to say about if you're going to the convention, a couple tips and tricks and stuff like that, but I think this is mainly our... <laughs> we can't do much much more of a deep dive than we already did unless they update those panels. We'll, we'll talk about the updated panels as we get those on that week or whatever, yeah. but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got Star Wars Timeline. Let's do it. Pleasure to hear from you guys. Bring up those topics. Uh, yep, yeah, we so... can't wait to hear from you guys on uh, Wednesday for our commentary. Join join in. It'll be a lot of fun. Get your popcorn and snacks and, you know, it'll be a good time. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So thanks for everybody for being super involved in the chat. It was one of our more successful uh, videos for engagement. So really appreciate everybody hanging out with us tonight. Just getting excited about just everything Star Wars from new series to what we can expect the Star Wars celebration. There's a lot going on um, on the docket for tonight. I was also going to talk a little bit about the Jedi Fallen Order stuff, but all it was was an update that's coming out to next gen systems, and that it's probably not coming out until 2023. Always yeah. that that's a that's a rumor right now, but that's the way it's looking. But anyway, um, we'll talk about that maybe in the future. Who knows? Um, <laughs> But anyway, so yes, next week you can catch us on Wednesday. Um, for those of you that are watching us live that haven't seen us before, we do this as a recorded podcast as well that we upload to services like Spotify, like Google Playlist, like um, all those other services. So you can always look up Outer Room Transmission. You'll find us on any of those services there to download. If you're on your way, can't watch the whole thing on YouTube, you can download it and listen to us on your way there or whatever. Um, and if you're listening to us, thanks for continuing to listen to us. Please share us. If you have any Star Wars friends, let us know that we exist. We would very much appreciate that. We would love to increase our listenership over there on the podcast realm of things. So please go ahead and support us that way as well. It helps out a lot. Um, as for the channel, I'm playing a lot of LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I will be playing most likely tomorrow. Um, so definitely tune in when you can, but they're all archived on the channel. I got to do... A playlist one of these days so you guys can watch them easier but i'm having a great time playing through those those movies one movie at a time they're each about oh, an yeah, hour or so in length and i know ben you've been watching a lot of them so yeah. it's been it's been a lot of fun having you chiming in to certain moments as they happen it's always fun playing through with a live audience um so yeah i think that's about all the all the stuff i wanted to kind of chime yeah. out there at the end but uh, yeah. I want to I want to shout out the chat room real quick. We had Chris Forsyth, we had Star Wars Timeline, we had Joel Davis, we had Aaron Daly, we had Dark Nerdy Gonzo, we had DLE, we had somebody way back when. Um, I think that was everybody. Oh, Dave Reese. Yes. So there you go. We had a, we had a big turnout tonight, and hopefully we can catch you all this Wednesday on May the fourth. Is there anything you want to? leave with our listeners slash viewers ben yeah i'd say uh tune in this wednesday may the 4th for our special commentary it's gonna be a lot of fun um you know be sure to follow all of us on twitter um star raptor and then real ben maynard for myself and then at milton weber 7 from milton and you know we're always there talking up star wars and you know, and then you guys can keep up, uh, you know, keep up with all of our updates, keep up with, hey, we might go live an extra day earlier. We might go live here. We might, you know, we might do this, that or the other thing, like, you know, just to keep up with 
uh, more of the uh, like the channel updates in real time versus just waiting for like, um, you know, a video to pop up on YouTube. You can be like, oh, hey, they're going live a half hour early tonight. Let's hop on, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a good thing. Just give us all a follow on Twitter and and uh, we'll be happy to like talk Star Wars with you guys. There you go. And and Milton was sorry he couldn't make it tonight, but he will be joining us hopefully on Wednesday night. So should be the three of us. We'll see what happens there. You know, always in motion, the future is or whatever it is that that Yoda says, yep. right? Something along those <laughs> lines. But for anyway, uh, but anyway, for Ben, for myself, Chris, aka Star Raptor, thanks everybody for watching. This was Outer Rim Transmission number 56 and transmission. <laughs>